Hello and welcome to On The Esky, sports podcast where we like to cover all the major sports from around the globe. Uh, today we've got a massive show planned, uh, as we usually do, kicking off, of course, with cricket. Cricket is back, unless you're England and New Zealand. Um, but then we're going to have a talk about the local football codes as well with AFL and NRL uh, deep in finals. We've got round well, week three of the NFL coming up. Uh, plus, we'll talk a little bit about EPL. We've got UFC 266 on the weekend. There's F1 coming up too. There's lots of sports to talk about, as always. Uh, my two partners in crime uh, joining me again in this lockdown series for us. I've got Peps and Muggy. Uh, how you boys been this Howdy. week? Yeah, not too bad. Back to work a little bit for me. Um, so construction back uh, sort of going here a few days. Always that first day back at work after an extended time off, it feels like it goes very, very slowly. But uh, sort of back into the swing of things, it was nice actually to have a bit of human interaction outside of uh, my wife and uh, and my house. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Max? Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, been hard at work really. Um, been missing a little bit of sport last last week, but yeah, be good to get into it. Talk about all the sports that's been happening. Yeah. It's been hard to work around that moustache. Uh, it, uh, it looks good. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks to Rick and who uh, who pointed it out that it does look like a caterpillar and it might need to come off. But uh, I, yeah. I, I like it. I reckon you, you keep it for a little while, at yeah. least from November. You could maybe get a flying start for that. Well, that's uh, it. it was, yeah, it was really a good grow that caterpillar into a butterfly. <laughs> that's it. It is, it is growing on me. Um, just to trim it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. And I'll tell you what, boys, a bit of a crazy week uh, in terms of being an Australian uh, with absolutely wild scenes down in Melbourne with uh, riots and protests and, frankly, some uh, disgusting behaviour, to be honest. And I reckon if everyone just sort of fucking sat back, had a beer, cheers, and just watched sport all day and every day, there'd be no need to lose your marbles. What do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. Get into yeah. the sport. So, as always, if you enjoy this content, please consider subscribing. Uh, there, we will. This podcast will go for multiple hours. Uh, if you do want to listen to a certain sport, there is timestamps below. Uh, jump into those and jump to where you'd like to talk, listen to. But to kick us off, perhaps I'm going to throw to you. Uh, we like to shout a beer out every week. Who are you shouting a beer to this week? I'm going to shout a beer to one of the best blokes in Australia. We inadvertently gave him this nickname. Uh, I think after our friend and uh, contributor to the podcast, uh, Joseph McGrath, slipped up on his name and, and called him Travis Bloke one time. And we thought, geez, that's that's not a bad nickname. Why don't we call him Travis Good Bloke? Turns out he's actually a fantastic bloke. Uh, unbeknownst to us, he's he's been doing these hospital visits throughout his whole career. Um, he's actually donated, well, not donated, he's helped raise uh, about a million bucks a year for the Childhood Cancer Association. And uh, he's, he's formed some really good friendships with uh, with some of the sick kids uh, there in the Adelaide hospitals. And he uh, he got, re- well, not re- rewarded, but he, he got recognised, I should say, uh, by taking out uh, the Jim Stein's Community, Community Leadership Medal uh, at the Brownlows over the weekend. Uh, so good bloke by name and good bloke by nature. Shout out to you, Travis. Good bloke. Uh, you it's sort of a nickname that we sort of stumbled across, but turns out it's actually true. So enjoy one on me, Cobber. Is it That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm going international. Uh, so I'm shouting a beer to Ronnie 
Bernsvik. Um, he made his debut in international club competition. Um, so we're talking soccer here. So he plays for Inter Mongotapau, uh, a second-tier club out of Suriname. Um, he's playing in the Concafa um, League, which is, I guess, South America's version of the Europa League. Um, he has played for the club um, previously domestically, but I thought I'd um, shout him a beer for his international debut. little bit of a rags to riches story. Um, I've got a couple of notes here, some highlights from his career. So he joined the army at age of 18, um, was sent across from Suriname to Cuba to do some commando training while he was in the army, worked his way up to become the bodyguard of, this, of Suriname's then de facto leader. Um, after that, he was one of the founders and leaders of the Suriname Liberation Army um, throughout the Suriname Civil War, where um, after he got discharged from his national service when he asked for a raise. Um, during that time, he was convicted as a bank robber, earning him himself the nickname Robin Hood of Suriname. Um, a few other highlights in his career. Um, he was a convicted drug trafficker, wanted by Interpol, <laughs> allegedly fathered 50 children um, he purchased <laughs> allegedly um he purchased uh into the club into Mongotapau, um is now currently the elected vice president of Suriname and that was all before his 60th birthday and his international debut for the club <laughs> so wow. just like the shout of beer out to Ronnie Burnsvik for a very coloured life <laughs> up until this point, I guess. <laughs> so I've shouted out Travis Woodbloke, one of the kindest <laughs> you could ever come across. And you shouted a beer to uh, noted drug trafficker and <laughs> and <laughs> of Suriname in a job that which I'm sure he was democratically elected to. <laughs> uh, and now he's himself a run in the twos. Uh, <laughs> for the club he owns. For a club well, he owns. Look. Look to 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 be uh at that position uh at his age maybe he doesn't deserve a beer so I'll allow it well done monks and uh and shout out to Suriname uh, Suriname will get another uh mention later in the podcast with uh with Rosenstrike uh coming up mm-hmm. uh, the little uh, South African country there <laughs> but there you go Ronnie Ronnie Burnsvik wow. And then I guess that leaves me. So my uh, shout of beer was going out to Ben Simmons back in the news this week. Uh, the rumour mill kicking off again about where he will play or not play. Uh, there was rumour that he said that he was never coming back to the 76ers and then he, I think he put a statement out saying that uh, that was never said. So who knows who leaked or said said things, but the trade market is heating up again for Ben Simmons and he could be on the move. Rockets have been chatted. But I think with all this turmoil – um, shout him out a beer, and then hopefully he'll come play for the Boomers. Yeah, that should be a conditional beer, a real asterisk kind of beer. It might, perhaps even a six-pack uh, with six <laughs> asterisks, saying, Ben, uh, look, we're not we're not too fussed as to what you do in the NBA, but after an almighty snubbing at the Olympics, we'd like to see you at Paris uh, in green and gold in 2024. So a bit of a conditional shout-out. What do you reckon, Sean? <laughs> 100%. And with that, I think we'll get stuck into the deep end of the sports. And let's start with the cricket, as mentioned, to kick us off. I think we need to talk about this kind of big story that came out of the the two test nations, being New Zealand and England, both pulling out of tours of Pakistan. Peps, what's the story? Let us give us some background. 
Yeah, so the New Zealand story actually broke like literally just after uh, our last episode last week. Uh, both New Zealand and England were scheduled for white ball tours of Pakistan. Both sides hadn't been there for about 18 years. Um, you know, Pakistan infamously uh, not hosting any cricket between about 2009 and 2019. Uh, back in 2009, the Sri Lankan team bus was attacked. Uh, several people died in that attack. Um, and, and it's sort of been, a, you know, a hot point um, for for just about a decade. And uh, and cricket had returned uh, in the last few years with, with the South Africans going there. Um, and, and the timing of this was all very, very unusual. It was a real ninth hour kind of announcement uh, with New Zealand was, was set to go. And then there was, I don't want to do the inverted commas, but I will, uh, some security... Uh, threats, uh, which it, it essentially it seems like were some threatening emails um, that had been sent uh, to one of the players' wives, apparently. Um, and then it's it's actually just come out recently that that these emails weren't even sent from Pakistan. They were able to decipher the VPN and seen that it was actually actually sent from India. So whether or not there was any legitimate threat, it's uh, it, it's not black and white. Um, you wouldn't think that they would pull out of this lightly. Uh, but I do think that, that, like, I can see both sides of the story here, and I, I empathise with the Pakistani fans who have been pushing very hard for, for cricket to return to um, to Pakistan so they can host international games. Um, and I think a lot of this as well just, just comes down to, to the state that these one-off white ball tournaments are at. With the IPL on and the big-name players over there, and and perhaps you know not as much interest in these tours outside of being being a warm up tour for um for the World Cup. Yeah, I I think there might have been some kind of oh, I don't want to you know say it, but but you know a bit a bit of stink around this. And and if it's legitimate security threats, we just saw a dickhead called Jarvo bust out onto the field <laughs> in three games over in England. Um, you know, we, we were talking about it in the comments last week. If that had happened in the mm. subcontinent, I think Jarvo uh, would ha- he he wouldn't be wearing 69 on his back. He would have 69 bullet holes in him. I think if if that had <laughs> happened uh, in the subcontinent. So yeah, look, you, you feel for the people of Pakistan. I think they're the people that have really lost out in this one more than anything. And and the Pakistani team as well, who who won't get any um, practice now, at least at an international level, before the World Cup. But yeah, it seemed like a bit of a cop out. Um, boys, your thoughts? Did you? Did yeah, you catch it? I did, and I'd say it's less Pakistan's fault, and potentially this ends up being a bit more political with the, these other two nations and uh, with Australia a week or so ago, just purely because of their neighbouring country and where they're at at the moment and yes. what that. And um, historically, their border has been, you know, but how's it going? So uh, I can see why they've gone. Nah, we don't want to. We don't want to be anywhere near that area at all, and potentially just political as well. We don't want to, you know, put put these, you know, our nations anywhere near that uh, for potentially whatever reason. So I can see that side of the side, but it, it essentially it just fucks Pakistan and India were there yeah. not that long ago anyway. So yeah, a lot's changed though in the in the neighbourhood in the last De- couple. Yeah, months. definitely. Well, that that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? The the uh, ongoing escalation of. Uh, of tensions in Afghanistan over the past uh, few months. Um, so, yeah, you, look, 
as we say, we can see both sides of the story. You're a professional athlete. You're not a soldier. You know, you, you don't, you don't, no one's forcing you to go over there. And if the players are legitimately concerned, then I can see their side of the story as well. Um, there were a few people saying, well, uh, at least for the England tour, which, which wasn't scheduled to start for at least three weeks, why not just move it over to the Emirates or a neutral venue? Yeah. And then I think the, the Pakistani board is kind of like, well, no, this is a step, these are just steps backwards because they'd fought for a decade to get cricket back in yeah. Pakistan and then to, to have a tour with South Africa coming over a few years ago and then to go back to, oh, no, we only play in the Emirates, we only play in neutral venues. I think that the Pakistani cricket board was kind of like, no, that, that seems like a step backwards. We don't want to do that. Um, so it's, it's all very sticky. You hate to see it. We've obviously seen it a lot over the past few years in, in terms of COVID, um, you know, where we we were kind of sport growing up and sport was just sport and it was separate. But now there obviously is all these uh, sort of political elements to it as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I, I kind of, you know, hope for, hope for the people of Pakistan uh, that, that they will be able to get to a point where the country is legitimately safe um, to, to play cricket in um, and and hope hope for the players as well that they have the desire to go over and play these tournaments. Uh, you know, we we I harp on it especially um, the that money and sport. It's 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 a it's a it's a business. So if these boys were going over there for some IPL money, I'm sure that the security risk would be a lot lower. Mm. And. I was just trying to see if I could find some sort of history as well um, in that 10-year kind of time frame where Pakistani cricket is now compared to where they were um, in that early, the noughties um, or, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, I think it's definitely started to fade or fall off from what I kind of remember it uh, being as a young fella. Yeah, it definitely definitely dropped off from where we were sort of in the late 90s and, and early noughties. I'm mm. not sure if, though, if that's just a product perhaps as, as the Australian team was in, in those days, of just having excellent players. You know, you remember your Wazir Makrams, your Waka Yunus, your Shoaib Akhtar a little bit later. So, you know, the unbelievable quicks. And then uh, then Saklan Mushtaq, uh, you know, their, their bowlers were excellent. And then and then at the batting end of things, you know, Inzaman or Huck, uh, Syed Anwar, they, they had some excellent players. Uh, and more recently, Muhammad Yusuf, um, yeah, these days you, you kind of look at them and you think, well, Babar Azam is a uh, legitimate, you know, superstar, a world-class player, perhaps, you know, not quite where they were. Is that a function of not having international cricket in Pakistan? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that's kind of a flip of the coin kind of, uh, kind of argument there. But um, And just looking at some of the history here, like they did make their number one test team in 2016. Um, they got oh, up to okay. number one. Yep. But they had a pretty – it was very short-lived and they had a pretty quick downfall, uh, losing to West Indies, um, didn't do well in New Zealand or Australia after that either, then losing to West Indies again, um, which then dropped them back down into fifth um, for a little while. So yeah, that's they did peak um, in that time frame we're talking about. I kind of only was trying to work out whether potentially, um, you know, you don't have. It's harder to get young blokes in the sport though cricket mad uh, continent anyway. But mm. you, you can't go out and watch the national team. You can't see that progressing. You can't actually go to those kind of matches. Um, do, do you then miss out on that generational talent that you're talking about because he he just doesn't see it and does something else? 
Who knows? But it's, yeah. No, Sean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. It's a massive thing as a youngster to go out there and, um, you know, the Olympics were just around. Let's take that as an example, right? And I remember going to Sydney Olympics in 2000. I I couldn't have told you, an, uh, you know, an athletics star or a swimming star before that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to differentiate them from a bar of soap. But because that was there and it was such an event and I went as a, you know, as a broad-eyed youngster, I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, who, who's this Ian Thorpe, you know, who's this Kathy Freeman um, so, not Ian Thorpe. Uh, who's who's this Cavi Freeman? Ian yeah. Thorpe afterwards. Um, but but you you're at that age where you're impressionable and and you you see these superstars and you think you know by by gosh I, I want to be like them. I I do think it, it does play a part with it. But yeah. anyways, we we should wrap we should wrap this one up. We, there is something that's that's back and and is very exciting. Uh, and and it's the IPL boys. Definitely. So IPL's back, uh, four-month hiatus after um, Pep's ruined it, um, for those that know. <laughs> the <laughs> uh, the of course, Yeah, the curse after all uh, COVID. Um, so restart. Wholly responsible for a global pandemic, which has taken a lot. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was all because, uh, you know, you opened your big mouth and had to talk to the Delhi Capitals. Uh, it happened. So anyway. Um, we did end up basically right at the halfway point of the season. So they've restarted. Match 30 kicked off. Uh, the Chennai Super Kings taking on the Mumbai Indians. Um, the Super Kings did win by 20. Peps, what did you think of the restart of the, the IPL? There's one thing that, uh, that really stood out and I probably hadn't considered so much, and that was the time difference. Uh, in India, 8 p.m. games every night. It's, uh, you know, for us here on the east coast of Australia, 8 p.m., beautiful uh, over in the Emirates, you know, it's 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 nearly like an England time zone where where it's midnight uh, start for us. Does make it a little bit tricky if you do have work in the morning. We get a couple games at eight or nine o'clock, but they are midnight, and they're going into daylight saving soon, so they do become one o'clock in the morning games. So yeah, so further back. So three old men over here. I don't think uh, there'll be there'll be too many nights staying up. Although finals, I'll, I'll probably. I'll probably try and stay up and watch them live. So this first game between Chennai and Mumbai, I um I caught the the highlights and the and the scorecard in the morning. And I'll tell you what, it was one of the more unusual scorecards you'll ever see in your life. Um, so the CSK they went out and and they batted first, and the Mumbai Indians had them on absolute toast. Uh, they were four for twenty four. It is essentially five for twenty four after Ambadi Rayudu uh, copped a really uh, nasty short one off the bowling of Adam Milne, uh, and and they were no they were no slouches either um, that, that that got dismissed uh, for CSK. The likes of Faf Duplessis, Moen Ali, Suresh Raina, and MS Dhoni, uh, and then a young bloke out there by the name of Rudaraj Gaikwad uh, just goes, "That's all right. I've just seen four world class superstars get absolutely towelled up here. Kept his calm." and put on uh, an unbeaten 88, his highest score in the IPL, and it actually got him to 156. Um, and then Mumbai, in response, they were just behind the whole uh, the whole innings. Uh, some, some really nice bowling from Deepak Chaha. Uh, he had four for 19, and it got CSK um, home, uh, but the, the night absolutely belonged to Rudaraj Gaikwad. Uh, and, and we've spoken about it before on the podcast. The... the the IPL really opens your eyes to the depth of uh, of Indian bats. This bloke's 24, I think. 
Um, to be honest, I've, I've seen his name uh, there and thereabouts uh, in, in the IPL, but I've never so, sort of seen anything like this. And then you watch something like this, and even if it was the highlights the next day, I was going, oh, my God, like you could – you could put him up against anyone, and and the bowling attack for um for Mumbai that 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 is out there happily slapping around Trent Bolt, Adam Milne, and Jasprit Bumrah. If you don't mind, it's not like they were just you know park cricketers down there bowling to the bloke. He's he's absolutely slapping around some of the world's best bowlers, uh, and the Super Kings come away with the the win there in uh, in the first game uh, yeah. since the tournament resumed. Yeah, and I just want to throw in there, I think. Uh, not to say it's all of the, the doing of one man, but uh, India is definitely reaping the benefit of the generation that all wanted to be um, Sachin Tendulkar growing up. So uh, they've, they've got a lot of lot of really good batters coming through. It's almost too like the like Sachin Tendulkar's what early forties now, and then oh, yeah. after that you've got guys that just grew up just wanting to be Dhoni, and yeah. then you've got guys that are now growing up that just want to be Kohli. And uh, and we've spoken about it before on the pod. Pretty hard to see anyone matching these guys uh, in the future. That they're definitely going to be, uh, um, you know, a global force in 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 cricket for a long time to come. Yep. So they match 31. Uh, the Kolkata Knight Riders destroyed the Royal Challengers Bangalore uh, by nine wickets in an absolute boil over. Uh, what happened in this, Peps? Yeah. yeah. They destroy him so easily. Yeah, Bangalore started the the series really well. Uh, they've got one of the better batting orders in um, in the IPL, and they got skittled for 92. All the big names didn't fire. Uh, Coley and Maxwell uh, didn't do much, and AB de Villiers went for a first baller off the bowling of Dre Russ. Uh, how, how about this? The IPL is so big that they've got alternate kits in cricket. You know, that one of the few sports where the clash of, uh, of of kids doesn't really matter. Uh, historically, everyone played in white, um, and and these guys are, are cruising around with an away kit. It's actually quite nice, the, the sky blue. Uh, I'll tell you what wasn't nice was their batting performance. Uh, as I mentioned, they got skittled for 92. Uh, big Dre Russ, the big West Indian, uh, the pick of the bowlers, three for nine, and uh, Varun Chakravarthy chipping in with three for 13, and the Knight Riders did it very, very easily. Uh, they got home off the back of Shubman Gill. Uh, he didn't do much before um, the, the tournament got um, suspended, so nice to see him uh, with some runs there. Uh, moving forward to match 32, uh, Marks, your Punjab Kings, they they did their almighty effort to bottle this game. This was the best game of the four since, um, since we've uh, resumed. Uh, so Rajasthan went out there, the boys in pink, they made a big score of uh, 185. Uh, off the batting of Yashavi uh, Jaiswal and Mahipal Lomra. They had about 40 each. Ashdeep Singh, something you don't normally see in a side that makes 185. He had a uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in, um, for the young left armour. And then Punjab, they got off to a perfect start. 120-run partnership between two boys that had just come back from England in Mayank Agarwal and Kale Rahul. Um, they, they should have shit this in, to be honest. Uh, it got to the point where they, they just needed four of the last over to win. And I think at that point they had eight wickets in hand and, and they shit the bed. Uh, Kartik Tiagi, absolute hero there for, for the Royals. Um, he got Puran and Huda um, uh, schnicking up, uh, Matt, uh, really nicely executed wide Yorkers. And, uh, and the Kings actually end up uh, uh, losing an unlosable game. 
And then the final match of the four, as Pepe mentioned, was match 33. The Maya Delhi Capitals taking the Sunrisers, Hyderabad. Uh, and they did win by eight wickets. Uh, very much in part to uh, the other team not firing. David Warner being the Australian third ball duck. Uh, didn't help their chances in this one, Pepe. Yeah, it was uh, a really nice uh, bowling performance there from Enrique Nautica, uh, the, the big South African. He bowls express. He's bowling that, that third ball that got Warner was sent down at about 149 clicks. Uh, just got onto him a bit quick and, and Warner ended up scooping it up. Uh, after that, the uh, Hyderabad boys, they batted okay. Lots of boys getting starts in the locks with Saha and Williamson, uh, but no big scores. Uh, and it looked, they, it could have been a lot worse for him because Delhi dropped a few sitters. Um, and then with the bat, uh, the, the Capitals did it very, very easily. Shikadawan is in unbelievable form. Uh, and Shreyas Ia and Rishabh Pant all chipping in. And uh, they got home pretty comfortably in the end there, the Delhi Capitals. Yeah, Rishabh Pant going to Rishabh Pant, as we like to say. So uh, having, uh, a quick, uh, yeah, uh, having a quick look at uh, the table, Delhi Kings are on top with a game in hand over the Super Kings on 14 points to 12 having only dropped two games and then Super, Super Kings also two games. So they're clear of Royal Challengers Bangalore, who are only at 10 points with five wins for them. So starting to starting to clear up there at the top of the order, uh, whereas you've got four, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh all within a game of each other. And, Sean, just going back to one of your points from last week, you thought maybe the, um, you know, the big break – uh, might have opened up the competition a little bit. And I think you, you might be right. It is only a small sample size in four games, but that Knight Riders game against against uh, uh, RCB, an absolute boil over. RCB on paper, one of the better teams getting around, and maybe it was just a bit of rust, um, but but that was, that was a, a, a big upset. Chennai Super Kings doing very well, but on paper, the Mumbai Indians are an excellent side. Uh, so to see CSK, CSK go out there and knock them off, um, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that uncertainty about each game. But, uh, look, cricket's back and it's back on the biggest stage. Um, and and it's not the same as, it, you know, a packed-out stadium in India, which obviously we haven't seen now for, for, for two years. But, look, it's better than nothing. It's, it's, the, it's the world's best agglomeration of T20 cricketers. And, um, look, even if it is late, I'll, um, I'll enjoy... Uh, copping a few highlights and staying up late on a weekend uh, and and catching a few of these games. Yeah, well, we've got another what solid three months worth of T20 cricket with this, then rolling straight into to the World Cup. So and then into the Ashes, baby. So we're going to get an absolute gobful of of just just tell the wife, tell the girlfriend, tell the boyfriend, whoever uh, that that the next (laughs) the next five months uh, the calendar is pretty full. Yeah, yeah, no spare weekends at all. (laughs) That's right. All right, should we bring it back, local boys? Yes, so that'll finish cricket up and we'll we'll get stuck into the AFL because it's grand final weekend. But first, let's cover the Brownlow. So the Brownlow being the MVP medal, as you will, for the AFL, uh, the best player for, for this season. And who took out the medal? It was Ollie Wines uh, of uh, Port Adelaide Power. Uh, he took out the Brownlow with 36 votes. That is actually tied with Dustin Martin from 2017. Uh, for the most uh, points uh, or the most votes ever accumulated in the Brownlow. Um, and a bit of emotion from his coach, Ken Hinckley, uh, as he got the award. You really like to see that. It's a bit of a, 
you know, bromance, sort of father-son kind of interaction sometimes between a player's coach and their their best player. And then when they're the best player in the league, you, you really kind of see that, that that bromance. So that was nice to see. Um, we, we kind of picked this. I said Wines last week. He he was a joint favourite. Um, you know, him, him Bond and, and Clayton Oliver – uh, sort of the you know the joint three favourites are all between about three and four dollars. Uh, obviously, Marcus Bond and Pelly got off to a, to a red hot start, uh, but just those last three losses for the Bulldogs hurt him. He only polled one vote out of those last three games, and uh, Ollie Wines came home like an out of control steam train, and uh, and Clayton Oliver finished with thirty one. Um, how about this, boys? Clayton Oliver and Ollie Wines are both from the the border town. The Victorian town of Echuca, uh, population 15,000, and a bloke that's about to play in the grand final in Jack Viney is also from there. So an absolute footy factory for a town that's about the size of a, of a big city suburb, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A, and you, you hear about some of those um, when you think of the regional areas and we were just talking before about seeing your, your heroes play and what it means for you as a young fellow in all these different areas, that's what kind of pushes you and drives you. Besides having ex- excellent talent, but that's you see that you you see that potential and you model yourself after that. So it's really cool to see that guys come from the middle of nowhere. Let's well, this, this one we'll call it the middle of nowhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. to get into the top grade. Yeah, and when Ollie Wines goes back to a chuka and and has got a Brownlow medal around his neck, and the kids are going, "Oh my God, I'm I'm from this small regional town." And uh, and people from here can do that. It does inspire them. So yeah, really nice to see. And and yeah, just just pretty insane to think that that two out of the top three guys uh, in uh, in the Brownlow vote came from the same town. Um, and and one of my boys, Sammy Walsh, he he came fourth. Uh, he actually had 30 votes, which is tied for the most ever by a Carlton player with Chris Judd and Greg Williams. I think they both won the Brownlow those years uh, that they polled that many votes um, and, and very, very impressive for a bloke that has literally just turned 21. Um, you know, more votes than years old is, is always a, a good way to go, I'd reckon. And uh, the Coleman as well? Uh, the Coleman was Harry Mackay. Oh, Harry Mackay, sorry. So, so yeah, uh, Carlton player winning the Coleman and coming fourth in the Brownlow uh, is very, very encouraging as a blue fan tell yeah. you what else is encouraging yeah, i was going to say you've you've got the talent there the one thing you've been missing uh the head coach and uh, i think that's why peppy's wearing the hat today for the, yeah. the carton blues uh you now officially have a coach who do you have and what are your thoughts peps yeah so uh a bloke maybe a childhood hero of yours being a brisbane lions fan michael voss is going to be the new coach of the carton footy club uh appointed today uh, he captained the Brisbane Lions to their three-peat uh, allied 2002-2004 um, and uh, and actually coached them as a very young man. I think he was 34 years of age when he took over as the head coach of the Brisbane Lions back in 2009. His coaching record, not the best, 43-65. You take and or leave that. Probably also not the best list. And I think after his coaching um, finished up at the club, there was a real steep decline in how Brisbane went. Uh, they they rode the bottom of the table for a little while before sort of rebuilding to, um, you know, th- this this really quite good position that they're in now. 
Um, I'm I'm happy with the decision. Uh, uh, an excellent um, and accomplished player. He's been um, as a, uh, since that head coaching role uh, at Brisbane. He's been an understudy at Port Adelaide for a while. He's been a midfield coach, um, and he's still only 46, so he's he's, he's quite ripe, really. Um, and and I think that the thing that I'm looking forward to most is people stop saying, "Oh, is Alistair Clarkson going to be the coach of Carlton?" We came out to you in the week and said, I'm not going to be the coach. Stop asking me. <laughs> Mate, it's been absolutely incessant. It's just, it's, oh, 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 you're a Carlton fan. Oh, is Clarko coaching next year? I say, Mate, no, he says he wants to go travel the world. He's got some kind of uh, travel uh, exclusion uh, and he can go around and go wherever he wants to. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think I think he's a good fit. I I had expressed, um, you know, my oh, look disappointment in in the way that T got treated. Uh, I, I think a lot of the Carlton members sort of felt the same way, scapegoated. Um, yeah, it kind of hung out to dry, really. But um, look, wishing Teague all the best in in the in the way forward, and uh, excited to see what Michael Voss can bring to this this list, which is is to be frank, quite talented and and should be a top eight side. So I think I think we talked in the past about um, will they get a big name in coaching? I don't think they got a big name, big coaching name, but they got a big name from Michael Voss. Like uh, they've got a lot of history within the AFL, and That's- it's re- it's really interesting how many play like former players from that Lions three peat um, team are now got really good coaching jobs and are really kind of expanding themselves. Like I don't want to say it's the that that coaching tree or that team of um, legends put together, uh, but it seems there is a bit of that, and it's floated and now pushed out through all the league. Um, my comparison, of course, was going to be the Patriots and Billichek and the, that tree of guys that then float around the league. Unfortunately, for them, most of them have done terrible. So hopefully, this is not the same case as the the, the three Pete Lions. Um, and well, that, well, Chris Chris Scott was in that in that uh, Lions three Pete side and has had a, a, a bunch of success at Geelong. Yep. So we'll see how we go. We, we, we've got a three-time premiership winning captain and Brownlow medalist in Michael Voss. So, was, you know, all, all that footy ability has to translate, you'd think, somehow into, into coaching. So I think that means we've got to get to the big one, the actual game. And Muncie, you might want to find us some team lists and see if there's any interesting ins and outs for that, if they've They're announced them already. Uh, uh, I don't know if we're going to have any because I looked no. just before the pod and they're being very secret squirrel about this. Yeah. Well, if, if you can find any interesting news on potential injuries going into it, that would be useful. But we're going to talk about Melbourne Demons are taking on the Western Bulldogs uh, for the grand final on when is it? Saturday night or Sunday? Night. Yeah. Saturday night. It's Eastern time, it will be a night grand final, uh, which which is a first. It'll be a twilight, twilight game over in the West. Uh, but yeah, it'll be be a prime time, uh, you know, seven o'clock kickoff uh, here for us on on the east coast. Um, don't let the the Western Bulldogs finishing fifth fool you. Don't let that those three games they dropped at the end of the year could have been number one. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it it always makes you think. You go back to Dusty and how he could kind of go missing and then just show up in a grand final and and be the best out of forty four blokes on the field by a long way. Um, but but these are the best two teams all year. If you look at um, at the worm of of you know the ladder and where these guys were, they were pretty much 
first or second every week through to about the last two rounds where the dogs dropped a few and had to do it the hard way and play the extra game. Um, but but I'm, I'm quite happy uh, to see these two going up, up against it. We saw in the prelims that it, there was an absolute walkover for both sides. So you'd have to argue that they are by far and away the best two teams in the comp going at it. Uh, I'll tell you what, these, the, the battle of these midfields is enthralling. You've Very got tough. Tim... Tim English, who, who, who's, who's coming along as a Ruckman, not a premier Ruckman, but he's coming along. And then you've got Bontempelli, Jack McRae and Tom Liberatore, arguably the best midfield um, trio that, that, get, that gets around, uh, if possibly not for the guys that they're going up against. In Max Gorn, you know, the best Ruckman in the league. Clayton Oliver just came third in the Brownlow. Christian Petrarca, who's unreal, and Jack Viney. So that that battle will be enthralling. I think where maybe it might be won and lost is is the uh, the Melbourne backs against the Dogs forwards. Obviously, no Josh Bruce. Tragically, did his ACL uh, two two weeks out from uh, from finals. Can I ask you a point here? Do you think it's fair he doesn't get a medal? No, that's bullshit. I th- any, anyone that yeah. anyone that played in in the year should get a medal. Considering he's kicked forty plus goals and unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable, happened to me actually once in a in a <laughs> result. <laughs> a goal. No, that's actually what do we work it out? It's actually happened about forty times. Would you believe? Uh, no, we we won a reserve grade uh, premiership here in Canberra, and I had a broken finger and missed the, missed the grand final, and I didn't get get any medals, so I'm still a bit dirty about that. Uh, but but I think they should they should go to uh, I think in the NFL and and NBA possibly anyone that that played in that, that year doesn't matter if you were riding the pine the whole time uh, you still get rewarded with a with a medal um, or a ring in 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 their case. Um, look, in the last few games, they haven't looked like they've missed him, to be honest. Uh, they, they've done fine just um, up front without him. Aaron Norton, one of the best contested marks getting around, watching his highlights of some of the screamers that he's taken on a weekly basis, unbelievable. Plus, that, that mullet's pretty good too. Um, <laughs> and one of, the, one of the more underappreciated players, I suppose, is uh, is Josh Shash, um, who had a big impact in the prelim, really... Um, took out the the presence of Alir Alir from from Port Adelaide, um, so so don't underestimate his, his impact. But but that, that, they're the two key battles that I'm I'm interested in seeing is that is that um the midfield battle and these these sort of underexperienced underdone dogs forwards against this elite back six from Melbourne. Yep. So you said all that. Who do you tip? I've gone Melbourne. I'm sorry. Maka, our, our Western Bulldogs mad friend and, and contributor to the podcast. Um, look, I, I do think this will be a really close game, unreal matchup when um, when they they played each other twice, I think this year, and then both um, really good matchups split it one one. Um, so, this, so this, I think this is the first one that counts because they've got crowds. If I remember Maka's yeah, logic, yeah. So. Well, <laughs> That uh, was quoted by our, our, our Chrome Dome friend uh, Joseph. In that it doesn't count if there's no crowd. There will be sixty thousand over there in Perth, and it's a grand final. So I'm pretty sure or something like that. It was. I'm pretty sure this one counts. When you go in the record books, you don't tend to look up around thirteen game. 
uh, you, you tend to look up who won who won the grand final. So I think this one does count. Um, I've, I've gone Melbourne. I'm expecting this to be a really good close game, and I'm hoping for that too because the prelims were both done halfway through the second quarter. It just it doesn't make for good viewing for for the neutral. You know, if it's your team, you're you're cheering. You know, you've finished your beers, bloody. Should have because uh, because you know that you you go through the, to the next week. Uh, as a as a fan of footy, that doesn't really have have a uh, you know a dog in the fight. Uh, just want to see a good close game. But I've gone Melbourne, and it would be amazing for you know guys that that are that are grandfathers that haven't seen this this team win since 1964 to be able to experience that. Um, you know, you know, with their sons and their and their and their grandsons and and their daughters and granddaughters. Uh, by by that as well, um, the the dogs got to experience that very similarly in 2016 after a very long hiatus of uh, of uh, not winning any any flags. Um, I'd, I'd yeah, I, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I've gone Melbourne. What do you boys think? Yeah, for me, I've gone the opposite way and I picked the the Bulldogs. Um, no huge reason. Uh, a few of the players potentially that have got red hot form that you hadn't mentioned. Um, like uh, uh, Bailey Smith and Adam Terraw, potentially adding into that excellent midfield. Like as you said, this midfield battle is going to be crazy. Um, it's going to be an excellent game of football in just in the middle of the park. So, uh, but either way, like you say, the teams match up really well. Um, there's great matchups across the entire park. Um, hard to pick. Should be a really close game. I think that would probably reflect that um, for, for what that line will be. But don't know. I just think. Uh, and this is my last thought. I think the Demons, they maintained their level of um, consistency and quality throughout the year, whereas the Bulldogs, I think, had the dip, potentially their dip mm-hmm. they needed to then hit the right Roma form, the form they needed to potentially win the grand final, whereas I don't think the Demons might not have had that. So it might have just steeled the Bulldogs together maybe a little bit more. Slight edge, I don't know what it is. That's the one reason I picked them. But again, it's like you flip a coin and you could argue either way. Well, it is hard to argue against that point, Sean. You look at the trajectory of the dogs during this finals period, where you go back to the last week and and of um of the regular season, and and Brisbane had that emphatic win to to bump them into fifth, and they had to play an elimination final and go the long way, and you just thought, oh, you know, this this team's no chance, and then then they've gone out and and just won three from three convincingly in the finals, and you think, geez, you know that that form's only just shooting up and up and up, um, and and yeah, for for guys like Bailey Smith and Adam Trelaw, you know Smith, one of the better you know under twenty twos in in the league, um, getting around, and and I did say last week, um, you know, you hate to throw the dusty word around, but, but one of those blokes that just turns up on on big days, um, he, he's had an impeccable final series so far. And a guy like Trelaw, who who was just about Collingwood's best players um, over the last few years, for him to you know just come off the bench and and have an impact for the Dogs here, it's it's one of the better midfielders, uh, one of the better midfields ever assembled. Yeah, agree, big time. So, Monks, what was your tip and give us the odds? You got yeah, the deciding tip here, Monks. I do, I do. Um, yeah, I haven't really got too much more actually to add to that, to that boys. Um, Who swayed you the most? 
<laughs> I did have my pick in before you guys um, had your um, little monologues there. Um, I have gone the D's. Um, yep. So, so uh, it's uh, cheese and bickies and and wines over uh, over stubbies and and darts this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you might say that. Um, <laughs> They are they are favourites leading into the contest. Um, they are sitting at one sixty four at the moment. Bulldogs are out at two dollars twenty six. Um, call that as you will. The line is seven and a half. Yeah, so the bookies expecting yeah. a close game. I don't see how that line represents those odds. If that was a regular no. season of dollar sixty four, that'd be double digit line for sure. Uh, but mm. I suppose they think grand final it might be a bit closer. I also don't know if they can justify a dollar sixty-four. Whilst I did tip Melbourne, and you've tipped Melbourne. I'm not that keen on them at that price, I must say. Uh, but like, like I said before, just really want to see a good, close game of footy. Uh, we were really treated to some um, towards the end of the regular season, and of course, in in the early finals, you know that that um that that GWS uh, Sydney Swans game that that went to a point. Um, look, it doesn't need to go to a point, but just something that's interesting in the fourth quarter would be really nice because uh, we haven't really we haven't seen that for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, true. So that that wraps up AFL, and that means we're going to go, I guess, a bit north, further north, with considering our country, uh, to go into NRL uh, country. More east this 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 time around. Yeah, this time around. Yes, the Rombarassi line, boys. Are- <laughs> <laughs> So before we get to talk about some games, there's actually been a fair bit of uh, NRL news floating around. Um, I think we've got to kick off with the equivalent of the Brownlow and the MVP for the NRL news with the Dally M's going um, the first 19 rounds actually getting announced with the last six to be Monday com- coming. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. So they've so gone changed up the format a little bit this year. Yeah. Yeah. Massively, and it, it was probably a COVID kind of thing, I think. Maybe it's just an NRL kind of thing, you know, <laughs> split parenting, you get them on one week, uh, you have them the other <laughs> week. Uh, that's, the, that's the only way I can get my head around this. I was actually texting you boys Monday night or, or Tuesday morning, it might have even been, just going, do you know that, that they were doing uh, Dally M votes? Um it was a bit all over the place this, this year. Do you know what I think it is? Because it was also the exact same weekend they had Brownlow on. So they're like, oh, let's just split in and put these 19 rounds out here just so we can be in the media at the exact same time. Again, code war, blah, blah. You know, oh, very unusual, though. Yeah. Like, why not just save? I don't know. Look, I think I think we're underestimating the impact that COVID has on, on all of this. Um, perhaps that came into their thinking. Um, but it, it is a poor man's Brownlow medal. Let's let's be honest. Um, they they did their 19, 19 rounds, and Tommy Turbo Monks, if you just wouldn't mind bringing up the the leaderboard there, I think Turbo's in front as it is, and then Nathan Cleary doesn't. I think he misses three games in the in the in the back end. Uh, so it's it's really only a two horse race between Turbo and Cody Walker. Um, you, I think Turbo shits this in, to be honest. Yeah, well, there's potential uh, maybe DC steals some points for him, but unlikely. Um, what about it, you can't you can't punt on it? Yeah, well, yes. There was those dickheads uh, a few years ago that knew that Craig Bellamy 
uh, was going to win Coach of the Year, and they loaded up on it. Um, and since then, they, they closed all, all markets regarding the Dally M. Because I was looking in about round four, around about origin time at, at Tommy Turbo, you yeah. know, wanted, wanted to have a little, little punt <laughs> on him then. Uh, and, and mind you, he was probably paying about $1.60. Um, so, yeah, look, I don't think there is any markets available on it um, and, and really went under the radar. Real rugby union vibes about this, <laughs> about this. <laughs> uh, you know, carrier pigeons, if you will. Uh, not not much advertising, not much noise around it. So, do you have it at the leaderboard in front of you, Max? Otherwise, I've got it. Yeah, no, I've got it here. Um, so I have got the top five here. So Cleary is in front on twenty four points. Uh, then we've got uh, Tommy Turbo at twenty three, Cody Walker at seventeen. There's a bit of a gap there. Cherry Evans at seventeen as well, and then Tedesco um, rounding up the top five at fifteen. What's mental about Tommy Turbo in this as well, he missed the first four rounds and then yeah. also had to miss games because he was playing Origin. Um, and then he's, he, well, I guess Cleary played Origin as well, but he's also just so far, uh, well, he like you say, he's going to shit it in because he's yeah. back in the back end of the season. He was the best best player um, by far. Again, he did miss one game, but Cleary missed more. Um, mm. The others won't catch him. He's, he's six points clear of what? Cody Walker, so... What do we say? He played 15 games, so he's going to win the Dally M, yep. which which is a game by game voting system, and he's going to have played nine games less than than some other blokes. Yeah, well, Cody Walker, I don't think he missed a game this year. Yeah, I don't think so, and and led the league in try assists. Um, look, it's a testament to how good mm. Tommy Turbo is. This is how good Tommy Turbo is. He makes you not hate Manly. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to talking about South and Manly, and I, I guarantee you, I think all of us probably going to load up on Manly here, but anyway, it's just the way it goes. For sure. Let's uh, move forward. Um, Sean, what happened with this James McManus case? Because it, this is a huge, huge story. Given our interest in the NFL and what's gone on there regarding concussion and lawsuits recently, what did you hear about this? Yeah, well, I, I think the one, you didn't hear a lot about this until it was thrown yeah. out. So the James McManus yeah. has been suing the NRL for about a million dollars uh, for, uh, and has had been in a four-year battle um, and gets no compensation out of this. Uh, but mm. he was trying through concussions. I think he said he had somewhere like six or seven concussions and that the part of the NRL and Newcastle, because he played for the Knights, didn't manage his health well enough and put him into, say, situations uh, where he could potentially injure himself more, um, which would cause some of the issues he's dealing with now, which uh, very much uh, is the the every symptom you can imagine for CTE, memory loss, mood swings, headaches, lethargic, sleep disorders, anxiety, depression. Throw it all out there. Um, that's the, that's the list of CTE there right there, unfortunately. Oh, horrible, yeah. But I think the big thing is for this, it sets a really big precedent in Australian sport. Um, if yep. in American sport, uh, a lot of these guys had been very successful um, with the, within uh, the, these claims and actually pushing this through into the courts. Uh, but here, I, my understanding is this didn't even make it in front of uh, a court of law. It was essentially thrown out before it could be heard, essentially, uh, which, yeah, I'm going to err, err on the side of the players here, which potentially could be very dangerous for future players and what they potentially could get um, with the, let's say, lower level of medical care in Australian football compared to, say, what the NFL and the others do and 
maybe it's purely I'm thinking dollar figure. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars and we spend millions, if that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it is a big difference. And it would be really interesting. This is the first real big case I think we've I can remember with Australian football codes um, trying, you know, going for this compensation. Um, this is what everyone was talking about in Magic Round that the NRL was trying to avoid was the $50 million payout when all the NRL – um, former players banded together and tried to sue the league for compensation. Mm-hmm. This kind of shows the precedent that potentially they don't have a case to answer for, which would be concerning. But hey, they've thrown one case out and they've they've set a precedent, is what I'm going to say here. What was the payout? The NFL paid out a billion dollars, didn't they? Is is uh, that? Uh, if you don't mind if looking at that, yeah. yeah. Because they oh, paid yeah. medical um, insurance and a whole bunch of other things yeah. and changed the whole welfare system of retiring players as well, where there's a lot more medical benefits, which not just cover concussions and, um, the, um, you know, brain-related injuries. It was the full suite. Mm. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, so, they, yeah, they did pay a lot. Yeah, it was that um, $1 billion US, um, and that was off a class action. So that was a group of players. Was it the Players Association? That, yeah, you, you got um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose... In terms of that, that class action probably held a little bit of more weight because it was a lot more people coming forward um, trying to get some sort of compensation out of it than just one person here um, in the case of um, James McManus. Um, yeah, I think the other, the other thing that really helped say that case as well, they had, um, and what was, I don't want to say it really helped considering multiple suicides were involved in an actual uh, dissecting of former athletes to identify that they all had CTE, that there was more than enough proof to, to say that the common denominator in a lot of these players with their mental health battles um, where they were was they did have CTE and they could prove it. Um, maybe not the amount of science and uh, reportable evidence for former rugby league players yet, potentially that could all come as well but it's 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 an interesting one um because i'm just looking at this as well so this time last year in the afl um sean smith won a case um, against the afl but that was for suffering brain injuries so i don't know where the onus is in terms of being able to prove um your injuries and your i guess declining cognitive ability but um i guess on the flip side, there is a precedent there that um, obviously cross codes that um, concussion has been linked to to playing the sport. Um, yeah, so it's it is dicey. And yeah, none yeah. of us are lawyers here. It's always hard to sort of work that out. <laughs> I, I think um, for mine, the big thing is is being aware and being able to to give in you know informed consent if you will i think back in the day you know say you, you're going in the 80s i think blokes knew that it wasn't the best for your body to be you know running full tilt into someone taking their head off they but they didn't fully know the science behind the long-term um you know yeah, ramifications now now people know and i think that was the big thing with with nfl players you can go and make this bag of, of millions and millions of dollars, earn far, far more than than any working man will ever will ever make. But but you know the risks. You know what you've signed up for. And I think that the payout with the NFL, well, a lot of that was was giving giving up that 
that, oh, you know, it's fine. It's no different to, you know, just going for a run or any other kind of exercise. It was that, in you know, informed consent saying, look, this sport is inherently dangerous. There is science to back up that it's not good for your brain in the long term. However, there are these enormous financial incentives to play and it's it's it isn't a death sentence for whatever reason this happens in some people and it doesn't happen in others who have had the exact same brain trauma the exact same exposure to head knocks and head content uh, contact i should say so the, the nfl did did concede that the nrl i don't think they're quite ready to to do that uh, maybe that that is a financial thing. Maybe it's a science thing. Maybe it's a bit of both. But but it is coming. The time's coming where where someone will will be able to pr- prove with evidence whether it's brain scans or yeah. you know whatever scientific backing that that yeah. you know re- repeated uh, trauma to your head is not good for your head in the long term. It's it's not rocket science, is it? Yeah. Um, and, and, and like you say, Sean, it, it is a monumental case for the NRL, uh, you know, being able, being able to squash this one. You do feel for James McManus in this. Um, but, but look, you don't think players in 2021 don't know what they're getting themselves into by playing, playing this kind of sport, especially in their, the NRL where, look, the impact mightn't be as high as, as an NFL tackle. But but you've got guys, you know, elite hookers and elite elite edge back rowers making eight hundred tackles a season. Yeah. They mm. they know that's that's not great for them in the long run. The idea is that you make your money and you and you get out when you're thirty two. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, to prove your point really really clearly, um, perhaps if I gave you a hundred million dollars to cut your cock off. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd say you wouldn't you wouldn't need a very big knife. <laughs> <laughs> so like as you say, the financial incentive probably outweighs the the the, uh, the damage, and that's what people kind of uh, as a gladiator sport they um they the, you know, we gravitate towards. About, we were talking about it last week, Sean, weren't we? With um with the 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 way that boxing is going these days, and and Evander Holyfield, a fifty eight year old man, going out there. To, to get his head kicked in um, for, for a bunch of money. And you kind of think well, there's two sides to the argument. One is it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, and someone should have protected himself, but he's... Exactly. It, 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 the bloke's not protecting himself. He's just, getting, he's just getting bashed. And then the other side of the argument is, hey, I'm going out there. I'm making millions of dollars. I'm consenting. I'm setting up my family for life. Um, you know, th- there's that side of the argument too. You want to go one step further. I like to watch horse racing on a weekend. Okay, um, you know the, the the horses can't can't consent, I suppose, to, to what's going on out there. It's a million dollar or billion dollar industry, um, and essentially they're they're just pieces of meat out there. Uh, and, and I suppose that's where the argument against that industry comes in that they're not giving consent. These these guys know. These guys know. Does it make it right? I don't know. There is something that, that again, it goes back, like you say, to gladiators and, and like, you you know, you can go back to ancient Rome in that in that men in particular like, like to watch guys going at it at, at you know, in a physical realm um, that there's some kind of evolutionary thing that goes off in our brain 
that we like, you know, we we like to watch it. And and these guys get well remunerated for for what happens. And and a lot of it just needs to be around awareness. And and these are the risks involved. You go and buy a packet of cigarettes from from the service station. It's got a, it's got a warning on it, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I don't know. It, maybe I'm over, oversimplifying it, but I tell you what, this discussion this discussion's not going away anytime soon. Uh, and I remember when we we played football here in a, the local comp, and it they very much had a part of the waiver. It said there, considering I played rugby league as well, the rugby league one said that you could have injury or permanent disability. Uh, or death, I, I think it says in there as well. The gridiron one said, or oh, death and death is a potential <laughs> outcome. Like you, you know kind of what you're signing up for because that's what they've put in put in your assurance waiver. So there you go. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a massive it's a massive story with, with this case getting thrown out. But yeah, like I said, this isn't going away anytime soon. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I mean the league does seem to be doing stuff towards it like with all the HIAs look at, and look at all the rules they're putting in place but yeah it'll be interesting interesting to see in the next couple of years with like what happened to roosters like caught and a friend like what's the fallout from that do they end up trying to go for that class action type of lawsuit um where they they grab a whole heap of players including james mcmanus um and put a stronger case forward um for the players association as a whole i guess and try and get that similar sort of deal as what the nfl had to do yeah that systematic um kind of saying hey they didn't across the nrl they didn't look after us at all um and they mm. could prove a much much stronger case as james alludes to so for sure yeah time will tell time will mm. tell yeah so uh, let's run through a bunch of other interesting news. Uh, so Billy Slater, I just checked it before, has accepted. In the last hour, he's accepted to be Queensland coach, signed a two-year deal. Breaking uh, news. Been, yeah, there had been rumours as well that uh, Cameron Smith is going to be an assistant and they're potentially looking at Wayne Bennett to be on the coaching staff after they already ruled out Mal because they said, hey, you're an Australian coach, you can't come to Queensland. He's like, I'm coaching no one. Who the fuck? <laughs> But anyway, so they're going to look. He, he, maybe he will be linked to uh, one of these new franchises. Could do. Could we'll, do. And we will get to that in a second. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think we talked about Billy Slater and what that potentially could mean for Queensland last week. He's now officially happened. Let's. He's He's got two years. Let's see what he does in the first year. You like the names that are thrown out there as potential support with uh, – uh, you know himself probably the the best fullback of the last 20 years and you consider himself an immortal uh the immortal that will definitely be cameron smith uh, and then you've got wayne bennett who's the you know, immortal go. goat. yeah goat so um there's some good names to throw out there for queensland in uh in the religion of queensland rugby league this is the holy trinity yeah. this, this is the father <laughs> the son and the holy spirit yep if you will yeah. Wayne Bennett's old enough to be God, and uh, you know he's a few battles in his time. And then he predates. you pick, you predates it. He goes past uh, modern monotheistic religion, uh, past the origins of Judaism. Two and a half years Look, looking at him, you, you wouldn't argue against that. Um, and, and then you've got these these two guys that that are only just uh, just recently retired. And uh, and two of the brightest footballing brains that have ever walked planet Earth, or walked on water, if you will, uh, for, for, for one of them. Uh, look, unbelievable. If 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 Queensland can really assemble these guys, that's a, that's an unbelievable uh, wealth of knowledge. 
I I just still think, and and I had I had said it around Origin. I just think at the moment New South Wales on paper uh, are so much further ahead of Queensland. But like, and you've said it before, Sean, New South Wales should always be ahead of Queensland. I, I guess in in terms of uh, you know size and talent pool and and the rest of it. But um, look, exciting stuff for for Maroons fans. Let's. Here's a question for you. So, who did we say last week was going to win Rookie of the Year? We thought Sam Walker. Who won Rookie of the Year? Reese Walsh. What kind of, what state do they both play for? Queensland. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've talked about the, the, ta- the talent, uh, potential talent, generational talent, it may be coming through for Queensland. Yeah, they're also so, 18. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna go and make too, make a huge difference in Origin in the next three years. You know. And and look look at you know, baby. you know who's you know who's a great example of this you know Nathan Cleary Nathan Cleary always highly touted as a youngster as an eighteen and nineteen year old next best next big thing um, and and didn't have immediate success and now you know that he's that he's coming into that twenty two twenty three age group uh, one of the best players in in rugby league it's it's just one of those sports where. It's pretty hard to be elite, elite as a teenager, you know. Yeah. You've got to grow into the body. That's right. You've got to grow into your body. And I hate to cross codes, but you, you go to soccer or you go to AFL. NFL, you know, same thing. You, you know, we'll talk about we'll, your professional body. Exactly, exactly. So let's put league and um, and rugby union um, and, and NFL in one basket. You've got to have that big established body, and then let's put put soccer or, or AFL in another basket. We're talking about Sam Walsh being the fourth in the you know fourth in the Brownlow, and and he was twenty for most of the year. It, they just it's just a little bit different different kinds of sports. Um, but but look out for 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 Sammy Walker and Reese Walsh in, in years to come. What were their thoughts? Do you, do you think Reese Walsh was legitimately the the best uh, rookie of the year, Sean? Well, the, and it was quite interesting, I think, with the, the Daily M as well, because uh, I think Roger was polling quite well to start the year too. So it was interesting that they're both playing the same position and there's, they ended up still getting votes for their, their respective rewards, awards. Um, so I think, hey, he played well enough. He was going to be putting the, the Queens inside. He was, uh, you could see the, the talent. He was there and he did help them win win games so yeah but i thought as we thought that sam walker probably had done more with with less when we talk about that reserve game rooster squad and managed to, to win games the fact that he won multiple games on his own boot too um really helped the you know his case in my eyes but either way like now that now that i thought about it i was like oh yeah well we forgot we forgot about reese um he did have a pretty good year too uh playing playing fullback uh for the warriors so that that's that's my exact thought like, yeah. like we were talking about this last week and it was like yeah it's a bit of a no-brainer it's sammy walker but then upon reflection i'm kind of like oh here's reese walsh the broncos didn't want him he gets shafted mid-season yeah. steps into a side where he hasn't had an off-season with he barely knows anyone he's 18 years old he's lighting it up he plays origin um and and you said look Sammy Walker was doing, you know, less, you know, I think this reserve grade um, Roosters side is probably on par or, or better than than a, a fully healthy Warriors side. Um, so, so in hindsight, I, I kind of can see uh, the argument for Reese Walsh. But 
obviously both excellent players and uh, and both uh, with very bright futures ahead. And both Queenslanders. And both Queenslanders. Moving on, we've got expansion teams. Uh, Well, we're not going to talk about it too much because we have talked about it, but the news today was they're going to make an announcement after the grand final, so in two weeks' time, about a potential expansion team. Uh, I think I think perhaps you've added the note here of go, go Dolphins. That's probably where my uh, vote is as well. I think that's what they said today was they've looked at all the financials for all the proposals. And if they're looking at financials and they're going to make a decision, I think uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins had the best financials out of a lot. So yeah, the, $100 million. Yeah, so if you put two and two together, um, that, that's, that's potentially where you're going to have a 17th club, yeah. uh, potentially with maybe Wayne Bennett as a coach. And who knows, maybe Munster's playing there in a year's time after he, his deal with Storm's up. So. But if they need three blokes to run a podcast for them, they can give us a call, you know. <laughs> Shout out to the Redcliffe Dolphins if you're looking for a, a you know, Dolphins podcast. Well, I thought you were going to say a, a couple of wingers, maybe a centre. So but anyway, we might need a training camp to even get remotely close to in shape, let alone have the talent. Uh, I, think so, I think some will be further off than others. <laughs> Yeah, James. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Out of nowhere. Uh, but, but look, this is kind of exciting. Uh, they, they've set to announce. Yeah, this close. I think the grand main. final. Yeah. Mm. Um, and look, we've spoken about it all year. You know, is is rugby league ready for expansion on on a talent uh, point of view? Our thoughts are probably not. Um, but but look, uh, that they want to grow the game. They've got the money. Um, and there's a massive, massive market that they're missing out uh, um, in uh, in southeast Queensland with only having two teams. And and don't underestimate uh, the timing of this. The, the Broncos being poop for a few years is a perfect time to introduce another another southeast Queensland team. So whether they go with Redcliffe and try and buy into that Sunshine Coast northern suburbs kind of market. Or, or whether they go with, um, you know, with a Firehawks or, or Western Corridor um, franchise, uh, it, it, it's very deliberate timing, I think. Yeah, and I'd say um, with the, the COVID and having the entire comp up there in Queensland and essentially doing trials where they're playing games in these regional areas, especially in the Sunshine Coast, and get decent crowds to a lot of the yeah. games as well, that was like they've proved, hey, if we bring a team here, that potentially they'll get behind that team. And um, you know we can have you know solid crowds get better crowds out there than say the the, the Sharkies or, or, or the West Tigers were um, during the start of this season. My only thought is uh, 17 is a horrible number for my OCD, so we definitely need to go to 18 after that. And uh, yeah, 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 my my thoughts would be New Zealand. Um, yeah, I think it's New Zealand, but we've got to be able to have a New Zealand team play in New Zealand. I think it's the main thing, not not, yeah. a, not the Central Coast New Zealand Warriors. Maybe they could just go uh, two new Brisbane teams and have a. Uh, I think out Logan Ips which way you you could just have a New Zealand team based out of that. Uh, from from what I'm aware of of the of the population out there. And uh, you'd, you'd get uh, plenty of blokes uh, getting around a team like that. But uh, look, that, that would we, be a story if they picked two new expansion teams just out of the blue. It's not one, but two. Two, two. It, well, it's it's bound to happen. We saw the AFL, and again, uh, 
going back to earlier in the episode, a more po possibly thought out, uh, a few more brains in the operation uh, kind of, kind of uh, set up. Um, but we, we did see them, you know, they said we're, we're bringing in uh, Gold Coast, then we're bringing in GWS. It's, it was a very deliberate, um, you know, uh, set out kind of plan, if you will, to go from 16 to 18 teams. So so I, I imagine uh, that's what happens here in the NRL. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So moving on, uh, Michael Maguire uh, Mudge, uh, did get confirmed to keep his job for next year. Uh, potentially could have a very short lease. Uh, there was chat that he was gone. They were going to sack him, and they already yeah. had chats with Tim Sheens as a potential replacement. Um, and Tim Sheens was essentially waiting for the call to say, hey, we've sacked him, you're coming in. Um, and then they've, for whatever reason, the board's flipped um, and then decided to stay, hey, you've got the next year. Um, maybe it's because Tim Sheens was like, oh, I'm not real keen to come back next year. Who knows? Um, uh, but uh, the other central options, maybe Paul Green, but there probably wasn't a real great kind of options out there, uh, considering no. the coach that Mike McGuire is. Um but I reckon he's probably going to have a short leash next year. Uh, if they start off pretty poo and then don't have a great roster with the movements they've made so far, yeah, um, I think struggled City ahead for, for the West Tigers. I think much like this hat that I'm wearing uh, with, the, with the Carlton side, uh, I think Madge, you know, as per David Teague, copped a lot of criticism for stuff that perhaps was a little bit out of his control. Uh, you know, we saw him win the comp uh, with South Sydney a few years ago. He, he's highly regarded and highly esteemed in the NRL community. And you look at the board and the guys that they've let go, I've got a few names there in, in Tedesco, Addo Carr, Mitch Moses, Pappenhausen, just to name a few. If those guys are there, that's that's an elite team. Um, it's 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 starting to become one of those clubs where it just seems like whatever's going on, whether it's the board or or whether it's uh you know the financial incentives, no one wants to play for them. No one wants to stay. It's one of the biggest uh you know junior areas uh, for for kids coming through the ranks, and for whatever reason they can't convert it into success on a football field. They haven't made the finals for ten years. Yep. Um, so I'd be very very concerned if I was a West Tigers fan. Um, and and look, I feel for Manjo. I think he I think he is a legitimately good coach. And and somewhere the players have got to take some responsibility as well. Um, you know, they they were pretty ordinary this year. Let's be honest. Uh, that they'd be, you know, thank, thanking um, you know the the holy trinity of rugby league gods. You know, in 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 Bennett Smith and Slater, they'd be they'd be uh, doing their their crucifix, saying thank God for Canterbury uh, to to. To really take, take the heat of us, yes, and the Broncos, and uh, and the uh, the post barbecue at Vaughan's Dragons. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, Buddha, Allah, Jesus, uh, for those clubs. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, I think you know, very much like Colton, uh, the board being the common denominator and yeah. all this. Uh, potentially needs to have a look at themselves and maybe uh, pull a rug from underneath them. Um, anyway. We'll have to see what West Tigers are next year, but potentially not don't have the roster that, say, Carlton does to, to make a run next year. What about the pickups that are linked with Tigers in the in the players such as um, Adam Elliott, Curtis Scott, Tarek Sims, potentially? 
Do uh, they improve the squad if if they come across? The other two are probably uh, well, they both were let go by the respective clubs for other reasons, but they were you know castoffs. Tarek Sims, uh, probably the only one out there who you know played Origin and was actually really good this year. And for whatever yep. reason, the Dragons were like, yeah. nah, we don't like you. Yeah, yeah. they got rocks for brains. That, 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 <laughs> That uh, real that that hurts. Uh, I think a few of the guys that they, the dra- as a Dragons fan that they let go, you're kind of like, yeah, I can see that. Tarek Sims, arguably the best, uh, the best back rower in Origin, um, and 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 shows up for those big games. Look, Adam Elliott and Curtis Scott. If that's who you you're putting your your hopes and prayers on, oh, I wouldn't be too confident. No, neither. So, Mister Monkey, uh, what happened to Anthony Milford? Yeah, um, going from bad to worse, really, isn't it? So during the week, he got arrested for assault. Um, I think it was three counts of assault and one count of willful um, damage or something along those lines. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happened. So reports are that um, there was a verbal argument with his missus. Um, and got into a bit of a blue. Um, yeah, obviously cops got involved um, and... And charged him. So, yeah, he. Um, well, obviously, Brisbane Broncos let let him go um, after his contract ended. They basically said no comment. He's not a Bronco anymore. No um, problem. Yeah, pretty much. Go ask Wayne Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> pretty that's much. Who him, Matt. That was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So, and I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, interesting moving forward for him because obviously he was supposed to be. Um, joining up with South um, November this year. Um, what happens um, between now and then? Um, who can say? Obviously, NRL will have to go through their due process as well, um, whether or not to let him play next season. Yeah. It's a real kick in the teeth, yeah. isn't it, um, for, for Anthony Milford and guys that have been saying, you know, perhaps like myself this year, that people need to lay off him. He's still an excellent you know, player, he's just been in some bad form in Brisbane. A guy that's fighting, mm. you know, fighting to stay relevant in, in this league, to have a, night, have a night like that, I wouldn't be surprised if, if South um, tear up his contract and, and that's the end of Anthony Milford, to be honest. Mm. It's a little bit reminiscent of, like, that whole Benny Barber yeah. um, that's, scenario that's, as well. 100%. That's the first. He, he, got a, he got a few chances, though. And that's yeah. probably the one thing that helps Milford here is NRL doesn't mind if you bash your misses. As long as you don't steal speakers, you're all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've set that precedent. Um, and you've <laughs> set that precedent of where we're going this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I, I, thought that, I actually thought that the bar was quite low as it, as it was, but, but it's just gone lower. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you, <laughs> You can't steal a speaker, but uh, but you do other things. You might be <laughs> yeah. right. Definitely, you, you break into someone's house and beat everyone up inside it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You play first grade. Yeah, true, true that. Um, but yeah, look, fr- no. from um, you know, from a, a, a fan's perspective, uh, Mills really, he's really fucked up here, and I'd be very interested mm. to see what happens with that contract. It, yeah, it, yeah, that yeah. might be him done. So then, speaking of contracts, and the last bit of news here, Ryan James, uh, who played for Canberra this season, is going back to Queensland and signed for the Broncos to be one of their forwards. So with that, let's actually talk about football in the Bumhole League. Um, <laughs> we had two uh, 
one, one, we had two games last weekend. One was good. Uh, the other one was mainly putting uh, the second grade um, Roosters to the sword, as we talked about during the podcast. But the Penrith uh, Parramatta game, the Dave Grohl's actually turned up uh, and had a defensive battle against yeah. Penrith, uh, which ended up being one of the best games, entertaining defensive battle, close, low scoring uh, at Big Dick Flanders. Um, points don't always equal entertainment in this regard. What did you boys think of this one? Oh well, just just going back quickly to the Manly Roosters game, uh, we 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 mixed it up last week having a Friday podcast because some idiot had to have an exam on on the Friday and wanted to prepare for that. I was, to be honest, I was really bummed about missing this game leading into it. I thought this was going to be a really good good battle, and you could just tell th- this was the game that all these injuries and the hardship that the the, the Roosters had gone through, this is where it all caught up. And uh, the Tommy Turbo show was 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 out and about. Uh, Daily Cherry, Cherry Evans was very good. And uh, this one was over by half time, as we sort of, you know, were reporting um, th- throughout the podcast. So so didn't really miss out on, on much viewing um, on, in that one. Caught the highlights. Manly looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the match of of last weekend obviously was was the battle of the west in Mackay, um, <laughs> between set uh, between um, Penrith and and Parramatta they they bashed the shit out of each other there was hardly any points and it was one of the best games of rugby league that I've watched in recent memory. Yeah, I agree definitely. And there was there was a little bit of controversy that came out of this yeah. one. Uh, you had Blake Ferguson staying down for a potential crash attack early. when he didn't get the penalty, got up straight away and was blowing off about it. So yep. uh, uh, not the greatest acting work there from Fergo. And it looks like he doesn't have a contract for next year either. So he could be out of the NRL uh, next season, which was quite interesting. Yep. Uh, but then later in the game, we had the Penrith Panthers also with, a, I think it was a hamstring hip injury, leg injury related injury. And the trainer stopped the game, uh, which, you know, was inside, uh, I think, Penrith's 20 at that point. Yeah. Uh, the ball. Yeah. Uh, that allowed like you know, Penrith to... As well. Yeah, exactly. And Penrith to reset, um, get that breather they probably needed, um, and to get a, another free substitution from it as well. Um, the trainer was suspended for the next game and got a 25K fine. Um, mm. Some people saying that was a bit light. Some saying, well, if you did what was allowed within the rules they let him get away with it so that's that's the club that's the club getting fined 25 grand let's let's confirm that isn't it i'd say the club probably pay it anyway yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. they're not, they're not gonna let the trainer hang out to dry that's his whole no, yourself no, i can't imagine yeah a trainer's making making too many zeros uh on the end of his contract but but it does raise the question if if it's eight six in a grand final and there's two minutes left would you, you know, would you instruct your trainer to go slow the game down like that and cop 25 grand uh, to, to, you know, to try and set up and, and save a, a grand final? The good old red dog. The, the red dog. The red dog. <laughs> it's written into folklore. Yeah. You know, the, the strategic injury. The Jeff, the Jeff Toovey. Watch, if you ever watch <laughs> 1990s footage of Jeff Toovey slowing down the, uh, the play of the ball with, with blatant, Poor acting, you know. You, yeah. You'd see, you'd see better on www.redtube.com. Um, you'd see better acting there than Jeff Toovey trying to Ooh, play. That, that's a broken. In the 1990s, that's right. That's right. 
Um, so, so yeah, it does make you wonder. I'm glad that I'm glad they find it because it was blatant. This this was tactical. If if a bloke's knocked out, that's that's what that's for to stop the game. Ajax, yeah. It, the, the, yeah. The real bad ones is like, hey, we, we need to get an ambulance on the field ASAP because he's in a, a bloke's compound fractured his his femur. You know, there's blood everywhere. Dude's lost his face. Like that's right. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> but that that's what that's for. To, to try and stop a game because a guy's got cramp or he's got a, you know, a rolled ankle or something, that's that's not part of the rules. So I'm glad the NRL came down hard on this. Um, Can I answer your hypothetical before, and I'm not going to go into it too deep because we've talked about it in the past. You know kind of where I land on the spectrum when we start talking about gamesmanship and sportsmanship. Mm. Um, in the kind of grand final, I'd be the one that was like, hey, I'm not. I don't want to do that because I want to win the right, like the proper way. But then I can understand your side of the story of the, the gamesmanship. But I don't want to go into it too deep because we've talked about this plenty. I'll, of time. I'll sum it up. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit, so I, <laughs> I would 100% say milk the fuck out of it. This is a grand Maybe final. I've, I've put in 27 games of hard physical work in one of the toughest sports that's ever been played on planet Earth. What's well, a little red? Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a, a little, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, mayonnaise on the chicken schnitzel wouldn't wouldn't hurt. I'm not sure why you put mayonnaise on the chicken schnitzel, but you you are uh, you get the drift. A little bit of gravy, you know, a little bit of cream. Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand, and that's again, it depends on what side you prefer and the spectacle you want to see and the individual morality in the player, but. Realistically, uh, you know, they write rules for in the rule book. As long as it's governed within the rules of the, of the game, then everything else is fair game. They exploit the little loopholes. Uh, yep. you no know, motor racing, they definitely do that. So <laughs> everything, everything. And if uh, we get into my favourite topic, politics, it, you can uh, <laughs> you can put sports times a hundred as to how much they'll bend the rules. Yeah, well, speaking of which, uh, perhaps we've got two games this weekend. Where are they being played? Suncorp Stadium, Sean. Suncorp <laughs> Stadium. And, uh, and, and, look, it was very nice to see a regional tour of uh, of Queensland. Mackay getting two games last week. Rockhampton the week before. Uh, you know, something that the youngsters there, uh, you know, will remember forever. But how convenient. There's there's two preliminary finals and a grand final next weekend and do you know where they're being played in in the heart of queensland rugby league in suncorp stadium where we have confirmed cases of the covid anastasia palacrook she's up to her up to her, her, her nasty tricks again uh look this 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 isn't a rant boys this isn't a rant i i do think that there needs to be a nice big crowd for both of these games um, I, I do think the timing is a little bit suspect, but that's for another podcast. Uh, it's called Pepsi's Rants against <laughs> Anastasia Palaszczuk. Um, it's got one follower right now, and it's it's me. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think you're, you're missing out. Uh, uh, Big Dick Villander's probably swimming swimming around in all that oh. Queensland money. That's that's what he cares about. <laughs> he, he doesn't care where it is as long as there's big money uh, thrown around that he can help uh, build this league. Uh, that's what it, what he cares about. So. Mate, and then all mate, that Queensland cash. Peter Volandis and Anastasia Palaszczuk, still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with that. 
Uh, okay, uh, let's talk back to footy, of course. Let's talk about some football. Friday night at Suncorp, as mentioned before, we do have South taking on Manly. Will Reynolds and Bennett go through to the grand final, or is it going to be the turbo show? Uh, of course, being Reynolds last season with South before he goes to Brisbane. Uh, Brad Parker is ruled out. He failed um, training session today, past his physical with his hand injury. Uh, what are you boys thinking in this one? Thoughts and prayers to Hank Scorpio there, Brad Parker, uh, missing out, uh, run, run a very successful, um, what was his company called in Simpsons? You might have to look that one up for me, Sean. Uh, <laughs> old, old Hank Scorpio. Uh, like, you, like you mentioned, Adam Reynolds, uh, this could possibly be his last game in the in the red and green. He's a red fern boy, born and bred, supported the bunnies growing up. And, uh, and we don't really know where Wayne Bennett is uh, next year. Will he be coaching um, a, a, a fresh Queensland um, franchise? Will he be supporting the Queensland Maroons? Or uh, will he be um, building the earth in, in seven days? Um, yes. yes. Look, this, this one for me, is it's, it's a coin flip. It's a real coin flip. You've got two teams that are, are very attacking that can both put up some points. We saw Manly destroy the Roosters last week, and we saw them get destroyed by Melbourne the week before. There may be the NRL equivalent of, say, a Port Adelaide, a kind of flat-track bully uh, kind of team in that they, they really punish these lesser sides and possibly struggle a little bit against, against these sides that are a bit better. Um, I've I've gone Manly here. Uh, I think Latrell might be the the deciding factor or the lack of Latrell. Yep. Um, but but this is a coin flip for mine. Mm. So did you find did you find the Hank Scorpio company? Yeah, Globex uh, Corporation. So, Globex, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my thoughts probably echo yours there. I think this game potentially will be high scoring. Uh, yep. South can't defend. Manly can score points. And with the way Turbo's playing, the way Manly have been playing, I haven't seen too much uh, Wayne Bennett mind tricks in the media so far this week. So I'm not sure if he, he's got anything over Hasler. I think Hasler's famously got a pretty good record against the top coaches uh, in yeah. the NRL as well. So good old Des. I've got Manly as well, purely on the twin Turbo Eagles out there. Um, they're just on a different different planet at the moment. Um, so for me, I think they're going to roll into the grand final and get spoked by Melbourne. So, but that's my thoughts. I don't know if it was during the podcast or or before the podcast, boys. The Trevojevic, I don't know if it was during. The Trevojevic brothers are are uh, players that make you not hate Manly. It's yes. it's very very unusual feeling. Yep. Yeah, yeah we've backed them. So, Marks, give us yeah. your tips and odds. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, I've also tipped Manly. Um, yeah, I think they're yeah. slight underdogs, aren't they? They are, they are. Um, so I guess in terms of for us and our tipping, that's a curse there. Um, <laughs> as you mentioned, they're out on the dogs at $2.15 at the moment. South are at $1.74, so it is relatively close. Um, the line is one and a half, and we've got total match points of 45 Oh, yeah, I'll take the overs on that. that. That's a reasonably high total match points. You you expect finals to be lower scoring, uh, and we'll get to the next one uh, after this, but 
Both teams can score points. Don't mind the overs there. Yeah, I agree with that. So then on Saturday, a Saturday afternoon actually at Suncorp, we get Melbourne taking on Penrith. Uh, mm-hmm. the last year's grand final and Penrith had to do it the hard way uh, to come through Melbourne and here to make it to the grand final again. Uh, Penrith were a bit sore from last week and they did, in my mind, not at the level of form they were when they were world beaters in the middle of the season and they had Cleary and Lua with injuries. Uh, what are your thoughts in this one? I have picked Melbourne and I've, I actually want to make this point as well. Uh, what are the four teams we've been talking about for the last, uh, what, three months, uh, potentially, uh, as your potential grand final winners here? Yeah. We said, and perhaps unfairly, we said Parramatta were pretenders. They they were valiant, obviously, last week and, and went out and uh, beat Melbourne twice this, this year, which no one else has done. Um, so So maybe we got lucky there. We said the Roosters have been bashed up. Uh, you know, it'd be incredible if they got to the last four. But we've also said, what, from two months ago, start the finals now. Like, th- these are the best four teams in the comp. And lo and behold, uh, these are the best four teams in the comp. So, for once, we've got something right here on the SG. Uh, normally, <laughs> curveball, you know, a, a, a team that comes from nowhere or someone that wants to come fucking multi. Um, but but we, we've got this one right. Uh, that these are the best four teams in the NRL, and these are the best four teams still going at it. Yeah. Um, so for me, for me, we've got Melbourne and Penrith on one side. They, I think, are still ahead of the other two, and I think we've been yeah, saying that for yeah. most of the year as well. My thoughts are: whoever wins this game is probably going to win the grand final. I've picked Melbourne, and then potentially we'll pick Melbourne throughout. And yep. I'm back. I'm in to win this season. I think I think Melbourne's like a dollar ninety to to win the whole comp uh, with with four teams remaining. Uh, it, look, it's they've had a record year, and I think that that uh, that game against Manly two weeks ago, people were kind of like sleeping on Melbourne a little bit, like oh, you know, Tommy Turbo, he's 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 one of the best players ever, and and the series uh, the season that he's put together, you can't argue that. Uh, but but you look at what Melbourne's achieved, nineteen games in a row. Um, you know that they they haven't lost the game this Look year. At that team. Oh, un, yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, so so in terms of this game, Melbourne will be short favourites and rightly so. I think it. I know. I kind of hope as a neutral viewer that it is a little bit closer, and as well. And this is not, nothing against this current Melbourne side because I quite like the the um, the likes of Jerome Hughes. Brandon Smith, Nico Hines, Ryan Pappenhausen, as, as players, Jeez. as yeah, as as young blokes, I quite like them. I just, I'm just bloody sick of Melbourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, a, as a rugby league fan, I would love to see. Not that I, I really, you know, that invested in in Penrith, but I, I would like to see them get to the big dance. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's Melbourne's to lose, and I've picked, I've picked Melbourne here. I think, looking from memory, Penrith would be, of those four teams remaining, would be the longest, uh, will have the longest drought for championship winning, winning a championship, because Melbourne did it last year, Manly did it five years ago, and Souths did it in between there, I think, as well. Whereas early 2000s from memory. Souths, off the top of my head, was 2014. Penrith was that Scott Sattler tackle on Todd Burns. Oh two or oh three maybe. Oh three, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah, so 
they're the longest between drinks. Um, but yep. I, I just can't get past the storm. Storm, storm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They deserve. They deserve to. You know, the, frankly, the way that they've played, they deserve to be in a grand final. But um, yeah, just hoping for some close games. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Can't get past the storms without a car back. Having houses. Housing's firing off again. Um. On Penrith side, Toto probably only going to be a late inclusion, so he's still only seeing as num uh, as twenty one at the moment. Um. Which puts a guess a little bit of doubt on that side have of the field. Um, have you got any news on Kickow there? Apparently, he was very sore after uh, after the Eels game. I think he had the same, same as Toto. It was going to be a game day decision. Game decision. So his uh, kicker is named 11. Um, oh. So he's in the starting squad. Um, yeah, not sure what will happen between now and then. Um, but, yeah, I've backed in the Storm as well. They are favourites, $1.33. Penrith out at $3.45. That's um, crazy for a semi-final. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And um, yep. I'll tell you what else. You know, some, some guys, they say, Oh, a week off's no good, you know. It's going to uh, stuff up your momentum. You want to be playing every weekend. I'll tell you what, in in what happened last weekend, that is utter bullshit. Um, you don't want to run into Junior Apollo if you don't have to. No way. They, they, <laughs> like, that was a five-round UFC, you know, when, when they, they put someone's arm up and, and he's just bleeding from every every orifice. <laughs> absolute war. Yeah. Exactly. Absolute war. That's that's what last yeah. week was. And, um. Yeah, I don't think it served them any any good in having some, you know, match fitness or extra game preparation. I think Melbourne coming off coming off a week off, that they'll be very very hard to beat. And mm. very very prepared for by Craig Bellamy, of course. I think yeah. go back yeah, to my well, point there before, there before. Before when I said these are the two best teams in the comp, and they're given a three dollar difference in the, in the odds. Like that is mental. Yeah, but, but and again, we harp on it, but maybe that's where this league is at at the moment. Yeah, yes. Well, just going back to what you said before, so Melbourne Storm are favourites for the grand final, a dollar eighty. Penrith are next there at five dollars. Then Souths are at five fifty. And then if you want to get on this, uh, Seagulls, they're six fifty. The, the bookies tend to agree. The grand final is this weekend. Yep, yep. that's it. Okay. So with that, that well, on that bombshell, that ends NRL uh, news for this week. Um, quoting the J- Jeremy Clarkson there. Uh, I think we need to talk about some NFL and get into the NFL hour because uh, we like to talk <laughs> NFL. Uh, <laughs> NFL. Yeah. Speaking of, I might just quickly duck out for a wee. So you you guys take away the news. I'll be back. Well, not huge yeah. news, but I think the intro very much week two was the the. The week of injuries to uh, starting quarterbacks, unfortunately, with a lot of guys suffering outs, um, with potential mm-hmm. long time on the sideline. Uh, but I think to kick us off, we've got to talk about some news. Um, and the first kind of big point, which is annoying, taunting penalties. Taunting penalties in the NFL. Um, we kind of said it leading into the seasons, like hopefully this doesn't end up being stupid. Uh, it is ending up being stupid. Turning stupid. <laughs> yeah, with a, a lot of really poor um, penalties. Like, no one, no one wanted these penalties. Uh, the owners wanted these to be penalised. Um, mm-hmm. I hopefully there's a swift reaction and uh, a um, what, what a, a lowering of a focus on these as as penalties. We go back to kind of what it was more in yesteryear, where it's 
So really, like, if a dude's in your face, getting yeah. got, like, abu- like go- abusing you, that's that's a tory penalty. If it yeah, gets flexes in your direction, that's not a taunting penalty. That's just yeah. a well, it, technically it's a taunt, but it's also that's just for mine. That's just football. He's just I've done a flex. I got what you want up you on that play. Come at me on the next one. That's the way. Exactly. I think. That's not a five ten yard penalty. That's just stupid. Yeah. Thoughts, Mons? Um, yeah, no, exactly that. Like, I mean, it's, it's a game of entertainment, like, and this just adds to the entertainment. Like it's this part of the competition. Me, this reminds me of the NFL banning touchdown celebrations. Like, yeah. So, so stupid. <laughs> That's no it. one wants it. No one wants this at all. And with no. joining us, uh, your thoughts on Tony penalties? I've, I've very much said, no, I wanted this. Why Why are they doing it? Very over the top, isn't it? Um, some some of the stuff that you see, and I've spoken about when when we uh, got news that this rule was coming in. You, you don't want stuff which is 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 literal, that, you know, the, the definition of taunting, you know, where, where someone's, say, knocked out and a bloke standing up over him flexing. That, you want to rub that out. Stuff yeah. where you know where there's where there's contact and a guy's not even looking at him and you know and and he does a little bicep flex or he points for a first down or you know the Tyree kill he throws up the deuces that's I'll you know that's competitive you like to see it um, you do what I you know you do worry about where this might be going it, it can get a little ridiculous and and some of the college stuff over the weekend. Um, you know, I think we were talking about it as well with with the targeting. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a kicker getting done getting done for targeting. Uh, look, it goes back to what we were talking about before. These guys play in a in a tough sport, and uh, and you you got to cop that on the chin and accept the consequences of it being a tough tough sport. Guys are going to be competitive. Guys are going to want to show that they're, that they're better than you at that sport. There's obviously a line, um, and I think that line is just ke- keeps moving to a point where it's getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah, agree, mm. 100% agree. So outside of that, though, the on-field product has been really good. Rams, um, yeah. uh, Titans, Seahawks, and, and, of course, there was a big one with the Ravens taking on the Chiefs, a really close, entertaining, still high-scoring games, but entertaining games yeah. of football at the bumhole league. Um, that, that, that's, how, that's how you put on an entertaining product and to get people in, get people interested. Uh, so with that, I think we need to go through the, the week ahead, um, starting, of course, with tomorrow's game, uh, kicking us off with the Panthers taking on the Texans on Thursday night football. Uh, Panthers did upset the Saints. I don't think any of us picked the Saints. Uh, well, picked the Panthers to beat the Saints. No, it was all, no. all three Saints. I, uh, I'll check the tape. And uh, I don't think too many people had had the Saints losing this one. No, but Sam Donald looks 100% different. Uh, Just shows how terrible of a head coach that Adam Gaze is. (laughs) (laughs) He's 2-0, so that's like a normal Jets season. He can lose the next 14 games or 15 this year, and uh, that'll be a normal Jets year. Uh, But but that that point, I think, who put that in the the notes? That that, that Carolina's defense – has been superb throughout two weeks. Uh, ten yeah. sacks, three intercepts. Uh, you think, you know, not that long ago in the Luke Keekley uh, era, uh, a really well-renowned defense 
And then the last two seasons just been just dropped off horrendously. They retooled really well though. They drafted yeah, really well. Exactly. It seems like that they might be back to that 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 Carolina defense of, of 2015, 16, 17 of being a really nasty defense. Yeah, it helps also help having a bloke back by CMC uh, on your offensive side of the ball. Uh, <laughs> yep. to, to help, uh, you know, if they're playing seven or eight in the box, that makes it easier to throw the ball. So, yeah, For sure. Helpful. The other side, so in this game, the Texans game, the Texans were playing really well against the Browns. I think they went to the half um, tied up, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Tyra Taylor didn't come back out for the second half. I potentially thought maybe he got the hook because they were winning too many games and they need, they need to get the first round pick next They're year. Trying to tank. <laughs> they, were worried, they were worried about it, but he has a – well, again, not sure how bad his hamstring injury is, but it's bad enough that it's landed him in IR. Um, yeah. Played the the third round rookie in David Mills um, while Deshaun Watson watches from the sideline. So yeah, I think Houston. We thought they were going to be bad. They've been good. Uh, potentially, they're going to go back to being bad uh, now with a very very young and rookie quarterback uh, taking over that team. Yeah. Before the season started, everyone was like, Houston's a shambles. Everyone wants to get out of there. J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins come to mind. That um, They're all over the shop. And that's all true. But you, you can't underestimate uh, the impact that Tyrod Taylor had in the, in the first few weeks. It'll be very interesting to see how Davis Mills comes uh, into this game and, and takes on this Panthers side, which really no one really thought – would would be an issue in the NFC South, and no one expected Atlanta to to be any good, and that's come to fruition. But everyone kind of thought Tampa Bay and and New Orleans would be all right. You might have a three 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 way race there in the NFC South. I think the Panthers are quite heavily favoured in this one, Monks. I've tipped them. I imagine you blokes have too. Yep. Monks, Tim keeps notes. Yes. Yeah, I did tip them. I have to bring back up the odds. Um, sorry. I, I think they were pretty short for memory. Yeah. Like maybe too short, like a dollar twenty something. That's yeah, short. you're right there. <laughs> um, yeah, so their their favourite's dollar twenty three. Houston is out yeah. at four dollars twenty five. So no confidence there in I guess Davis Mills as yeah. the rookie starter there. Um, Sam Darnold yeah. three and O boys. That's it. Interesting. Interestingly enough, though, the line is seven and a half. Yeah, you never get good lines in the NFL. Yeah. Total match points, I think, is where it's at. Yeah, total match points we've got here is forty-three. I'd I'd go the overs. I yeah, think. Same. Yeah. I hmm. think um, the the Texans have actually scored some points in in their losses. Carolina's offense hasn't been great, but their defense has has been really good. Um, you know, I looked. I looked at all the prime time games before the season started, and I looked at this one and I thought, "Oh God!" Like I thought, the, the Panthers and the Texans caught that on a, on a Thursday night football game, and then through two weeks, I thought, "Oh, you know what? This is actually reasonably interesting. I'll, I'll be I'll be watching this one tomorrow." You know, uh, this one. And, and quite interested in in the uh, in the result. Yeah, yeah. Should yeah. we move through to the Sunday games, boys? Definitely, and I. While you're taking a little wee-wee break, I did mention that week two was the week of injuries to starting quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. We did have uh, the second game we'll get to in a minute uh, does have a new starting quarterback. This game actually had first of their new starting quarterback, uh, Fitch Magic, of course, being out for at least eight weeks. 
opted not to do surgery, so he's going to try rehabbing, but he's still going to be out for a long time. Potentially might have not have him have a job when he comes back. Was it a hip injury? That, that, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. You know, old man, uh, he probably needs a replace, you know, a replacement at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's arthritis in the hip. It's it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing acute. It's just uh, just chronic arthritis. Yeah, but Henneke uh, was starting for them and did get that one point win over the Giants. In he another- looks good, man. Like he looks like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and he's got scary Terry catching balls at ridiculous mm. angles as well. Definitely helps. Mm. But they do run into the Bills. He yeah. had a dominant bounce back on, against the Dolphins, who, of course, did lose Tua, and we'll get talk about Tua later on. Uh, but they were paying, uh, playing their backup quarterback in Jacob Prisquet. Uh, so what was that? Largest shout-out since Jim, Carrey, Jim Kelly sorry, defeated the Colts 38-0 in 1992. They did shout-out the Dolphins. Um, we all picked Bills last week, uh, but I don't. I think we all said it was going to be closer than that match ended up being. Uh, which, I, I was hmm. I was like oh I'll pick the bills but I'm not sure about the odds that that they are and then they just went out and destroyed Miami in their own house and uh, me being the uh, genius that I am I brought in the Packers defense who didn't do horrendously against the Detroit Lions but I had the Bills defense on my bench <laughs> in our new slightly adjusted. Uh, rules for fantasy football. They had 27 points sitting there. Luckily, I was able to get a win uh, through through some other players. Uh, the Bills' defense is really, really good. Bit of a hiccup in week one. I don't think too many people expected them to lose to Pittsburgh, other than uh, other than uh, the Eskies' own Monks. He he picked that one. Um, but I, I can't imagine anyone tips against the Bills in this one. Uh, pick Bills. Yeah, I've gone Bills as well. They are favourites at dollar twenty nine at the moment. Uh, the football team is sitting out at three dollars sixty two. Uh, line of seven and uh, total match points of forty five. Not sure about the line. Not sure about the total match mm. points. I like. I don't think the Bills lose this one uh, up there in upstate New York. They'll be um, yeah, they'd be pretty hard done by to to lose this one. Uh, an interesting game coming up here between the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns, both teams one and one. And one of the big storylines uh, in the NFL this week is that rookie quarterback Justin Fields is going to get the starting job here for Chicago. What is the injury with Andy Dalton? It's not expected to be long term, is it? No, I think it's only a couple of weeks. So I couldn't get an answer on the actual injury, um, but I did say he was only going to be a couple of weeks. I think we've been saying that uh, Justin Fields will be the starter within a month. Um, Andy Dalton yeah. only lasted two games. Uh, but we, we thought it was more going to be from poor performance versus uh, injury. But, hey, Justin Fields is going to come out there. I think he's actually one of the leading rushers in the league at the moment too, considering he's a backup uh, quarterback or leading rushers for quarterbacks. Yeah, I think for, I think for quarterbacks he's right up there. Um, the, one, of the, one of the interesting things here is uh, – the, the the Andy Dalton injury, I think the determinant of how long he is out is the play of Justin Fields. Yeah, potentially. If Fields like, comes out and kills it, they're gonna be like, just take your time, Andy. Yeah, it might be a career in it might be a career ending injury for Andy Dalton. <laughs> or it might be we see you in week five kind of thing. Fields has got everything. He's he's athletic, he's he's one of the fastest, strongest quarterbacks to come through in recent memory. 
Uh, I, I think the knock on him is, is, does he have it between the ears? Does he have the accuracy? Can he be an elite NFL quarterback? Um, but I love, like personally, and I think I've said it before on the pod, you know, following him on QB1 and uh, and seeing who he is as a person, uh, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. Can he go to a, a, a quite hostile environment and get a win here at the dog pound against Cleveland? They will be without OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Um, it's actually the first ever time ever injury to Jarvis Landry. He missed one game last year with a COVID protocol. Yep. But I think he's been in the league five or six years, never missed a game uh, outside of that one game. So I think he's got an MCL. So they're down their best receivers. I've got no idea who's going to be up for them. It might be Donovan Peoples-Jones or the rookie, yeah. rookie Anthony Schwartz. I expect them to pound the rock big time here. And I still think they get the win here. Uh, I think Cleveland's pretty good. I think they're the real deal. But I'm I'm very interested in this game, as much of America will be, to see how Justin Fields goes in his first NFL start. Yeah, agree big time. I've uh, On the dog pound, I think they will beat um, the Bears uh, with the, the – one, you got to remember, the Browns' defense is good. Uh, yeah. Seven. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I think Fields is going to be running for his life, and we'll have to see how he goes with that. But yeah, Browns for me uh, by a good margin. This is this is Landry's eighth season in the NFL. Eight, and yeah, so this is so he's missed one game before that with a COVID protocol, and then outside of that, no injuries. Yeah, four for Miami, four yeah. for there we go. unreal. There you go, yeah. Um, yeah, I've gone Browns as well. Uh, they are favourites at $1.30 at the moment. Bears are out at $3.54. The line is seven. Um, we've got total match points of 45. See, I don't know if I'd be that confident at, at the Browns at that price. Considering um, they're going to pound the rock as well. So Yeah, mm. to, be, to be honest. But, um, yeah, look, we've all gone the Browns for good reason. Um, the next game, I think, We'll we'll all pick one way. It it seems like a bit of a no-brainer. The Baltimore Ravens go up against the Detroit Lions. Uh, The Ravens, this was an instant classic on Monday night football. Uh, They came out 36 to 35 winners against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, A big knock on uh, on Lamar was uh, the inability to beat Patrick Mahomes. I think this is the first time he was able to do that. Uh, The Chiefs, they are human. They played very, very well in this. A lot of people were upset at the Chiefs. They were quite short favourites going into this one, but but uh, credit where credit's due, uh, Lamar and the Ravens were very good, especially in the second half in this. Did you boys cop a bit of this game? Or, yeah. Or the- yeah, I definitely did. And that, I think the fourth and two or fourth and three, whatever it was, um, with a minute 30 left on the clock, that kind of showed where the Ravens were at and what they knew, knew what they had to do. It was like, doesn't matter how much time's left on the clock. You give Patty Mahomes the ball, they're going to score. Uh, so we need to end the game here, essentially. So they did. They did the you know the big dick move, and they came out and they ran the ran the ball. Lamar kept it to himself, converted. Um, as you probably want as the, the you know the 2019 MVP, you you want to put the ball in his hands, and he got the job done. So yeah, you know what that was Sean? this game. That was 22 years or whatever it is of giving Brady the ball back with with 90 seconds to go. It, it's no sure thing. You can have a three-point lead and, and give someone the, the ball back with a minute and a half 
I, I, I love that move from Jim Harbour, just just a, a, attacking, attacking, and um, and them getting the first down and nice in the game. Yeah. Yeah, the vision of him, he's on the sideline yelling out to Lamar, just going, Lamar, do you want to go for this? Do you Lamar. want to go for it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, I think right. he just gets the nod and thumbs up and like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah. Like I say, yeah. The last 20 years of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, give it yeah. Drew Brees, give those blokes yep. a minute yep. 30 left, even less uh, with a game on the line. Uh, you're asking to lose. So uh, you need to ice it there. You need to get the win. So did you give odds in that, Monks? Tips and odds in this one? I think Ravens heavily. No, favored. not yet. Yeah, Ravens for mine. The Lions, yeah. they haven't been as bad as people were expecting. They they had that that week one uh, surge against the 49ers where they really came back hard and started really good against the Packers. Uh, to be honest, after watching the first half, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> as a Packers fan, I was a little, we gotta bit, be little bit worried, a little bit worried. Uh, but, but thankfully for me as a Packers fan and uh, as a fantasy owner, um, that they came through big for me. Aaron Jones with four touchdowns. Rogers are uh, pretty impeccable. Um, so so good to see as a as a Packers fan. Um, we'll get to them later. Anyway, I'll <laughs> sorry, right. sorry. Go, going back going back to the Lions and That's odd. Yeah. Ravens. Imagine the Ravens short in this. Uh, Monks, have you got the odds there? Yeah, they they are short. They rave, are Southern Ravens as well, uh, just in case there was any doubt. Um, they are favourites a dollar twenty three. The lines are out at four dollars twenty five at the moment. We've got a line of again seven and total match points of forty nine and a half. That is high. That is quite high. Uh, if if there's any line that I might be taking, it might be that one. Just saying. Yeah. So then we move into the next match. We got the Cards taking on the Jaguars. Uh, cards are two and zero, oh, and the Jags are zero oh and two. Uh, Urban Meyer through the week was quoted as saying, uh, "Every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama, uh, so <laughs> it's just a different level." And kind of saying that. And then some would imagine. Yeah, they've got yeah. they've got a young squad, of course. Um, but the Cards, on the other hand, they look really good. Had a really good um, battle against the Vikes, Kyler. Uh, is he a top five quarterback? I think he's definitely looking like a top five quarterback at the moment, yeah. the way he's playing both uh, on the ground and through the air. Um, for mine, I think cards by a lot in this one. Just going back to Kyler, I I wrote out my top five this week and he's not in it yet. I think I had Mahomes, Rogers, <laughs> Brady, <laughs> Russ Wilson, and I got Lamar just ahead of Kyler. Kyler will be a top five quarterback in the NFL. There is no doubt amongst that. Yeah. You remember when when yeah. uh, he got drafted and people were like, "Oh, he's too short," you know? Yeah. Why is that a thing anymore? Like Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, yeah. these guys that are that are you know five foot eleven. Doesn't matter. They can they can if they're mobile and they've got the arm talent. It doesn't matter. Uh, Kyler. I think Kyler was famously five uh, nine, by the way, Peps. So <laughs> no, they always, you know, it's like uh, it's like Bart Simpson when they've got a jacked up, <laughs> come fallout boy. You know, he grew that those several inches that he uh, no, he grew those inches that you needed and several feet more. <laughs> um, ESPN reckons he's five ten. Yeah, give him five ten. His combine says five ten, but I think he was five. Five nine and and maybe three quarters or something like that. Well, so. you know what you boys are doing. You're, you are proving my point. You're proving <laughs> my point that it doesn't fucking matter. 
Yeah. Because, well, he had, he had uh, a baseball exactly. background and he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. So, like you say, and some of the stuff that he does, uh, you know, avoiding the avoiding pressure and delivering balls is is uncanny. Uh, he is actually very Russell Wilson like uh, in in the way that that he evades the defenders. Um, I think maybe we've, we've spoken a lot about Kyler, who deserves to be spoken about, and this game probably deserves to be spoken about. Not much. I yes. think the Cardinals win this pretty comfortably. Yeah, give us some odds, Max. Yeah. Good tip. Jump Shum's cards. Yeah. Uh, no, I've gone Jack. No, I've gone cards. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're favourites, $1.24. Um, Jags are out at $4.10 at the moment, so still tanking let, for Lawrence. Let me guess the line's seven points. <laughs> yep, you got that right. Total match points of 51 and a half. The line seven? <laughs> line seven, yeah, seven and a half. So, that's the only line you get in the NFL. Do, do the math on that one. That's about the way. Cardinals minus seven. Anyways, we've got half a game to get through, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's it. Let's, let's go to the Chargers and the Chiefs. Both are one and one. Um, a, a kind of unexpected loss for the Chiefs, obviously uh, against, against Lamar. And um and the Chargers they went very close to knocking off the Dallas Cowboys. Um, an important divisional game. The AFC West will be very strong this year. We've seen that the the uh, Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders start off very well. Uh, our thoughts here, boys. Packed out house at Arrowhead. Mahomes will be uh you know pretty filthy with a with a loss last week. You'd imagine the Chiefs get the job done here, and I imagine the odds reflect that. Yeah, the Chiefs are still a better squad overall than what the Chargers are. Um, Chargers oh. definitely got some talent, and have been better again this year. But definitely, Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs. So I've, I've, I'll back the Kansas City in as well. Yeah, I've gone Kansas City as well. Um, they are favourites uh, fairly heavily as well. A dollar thirty-one. The Chargers are out at three dollars forty-seven at the moment. That line is six and a half. Um, and we've got total match points of 54 and a half. Uh, yeah, always a high total match points whenever the Chiefs are playing. Uh, kind of hard to pick that one. Sean, Tyreek Hill. Uh, <laughs> I, I, raised, I ranted about him in week one. He went nuts. Uh, I think he had the most receiving yards in week one. In week two, did not do much. So perhaps there's a little bit of testament to your... Uh, critique of Tyreek. Uh, Simple theory. He's not the best receiver on his own team. So, <laughs> Not the best on his own team? Yeah, Travis Kelsey is. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you not the best wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but, but, yeah, also a, a, a little bit Tyreek Hill-ish, um, if you will, uh, do that as a verb. Is that a verb? Um, Isn't it? Uh, Potentially, who'd they, who'd they play with the Ravens? No, he didn't have – because they had a lot of injuries. They had Peters, um, Peters and – Well, I think he got he got a bit of Marlon Humphrey. Um, yeah, there, that'll be it. And, and um, yeah, possibly game situations, but but didn't do a whole lot, a whole lot last week after having a, a stellar uh, first week. Um, yeah, look, we've all tipped the Chiefs here. There's just a little bit of a tidbit, I guess, on the side – um, this is, if we're talking about gambling, uh, Monks will have the odds in this one. The Saints go up to Foxborough, Massachusetts as yep. underdogs here. What are our thoughts on this one? Obviously, the Saints losing to the Panthers last week, but destroying 
the Green Bay Packers in week one. Patriots beat the Jets. It's the Jets. And they've lost to the Dolphins. What do we think here? Uh, I think Saints. Uh, I do really like what the Patriots are doing. And Mac Jones is week in, week out. You can kind of see the improvement of his, him as a quarterback. Uh, but I think the Saints overall as a, as a roster bounce back. Um, that defense as well is going to make it very, very challenging for, for the Patriots. The Jets, on the other hand, the Jets just stink. Um, I think you boys saw some of uh, the reviewing of the Jets' uh, play, especially offensive line play. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go uh, Saints here. Yep, Saints for mine, Max. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Saints as well. Yeah, this is, yeah, one of those interesting ones. Um, don't know what the bookies seen it, but Saints are underdogs at two dollars twenty-seven. Uh, Patriots are at a dollar sixty-four. Um, so close-ish, um, but still having fa- uh, Patriots as a favourites. Um, they've got a line of three and mm. total match points of forty-two and a half. That's where I was hoping for that line of seven. That if you take, <laughs> take the Saints for seven, I'd definitely be on that. Yeah. But I, I, I still think they're good enough to go up there and win. I guess yeah. it is, got, it's the Foxborough part of it as well. So and it, well, and it's the Bel- Belichick mm. sort of things, I guess. Um, I suppose yeah. yeah, you're looking at how well can the Saints' offense fire off against a Bill Belichick's Patriots D, which well, I, I, much better than it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Saints are two dollars twenty, and then only forty-two for the match points. They're over on that. Like Saints score points. Uh, I I think that's a the, the pretty good bet there. Sean likes the overs there. It is it is a low uh, total uh, match points. Uh, let's move forward, boys. Falcons and Giants. We won't spend too much time on this one. Two NFC bums. Uh, we don't see either of these teams making the playoffs. You do feel a little bit sorry for the Giants. We did speak about it last week, uh, for their fans at least, uh, losing the game in typical New York Giants fashion in a um, in a jumping off sides and allowing a field goal to go through in the dying seconds. Danny Jones, um, he's he's been pretty good. He's been running the ball uh, more than than you'd imagine. Uh, and and what's the problem with the Falcons, boys? Uh, obviously, they losing. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> they stink. The defense is no good. They've lost Julio Jones in the off season. Matty Ryan is aging. Um, mm. This one for me is actually quite hard to pick. Uh, I, I think I think at home I'm, I've gone the New York Giants. Uh, based on their rosters, and the Giants have been pretty close in a couple of their games as well. They have talent. Uh, they just haven't put it all together. Their lines, both sides of the ball, probably where they. Uh, well, I guess Williams is pretty good uh, for the Giants. They, they have their offensive line's not great. Their defensive line, they've got one or two good pieces, but their the rest of their defense outside of the secondary's got really nothing for them. Uh, but I think they've got more talent than the Falcons do, which are, I don't think the Falcons really have uh, much talent at all on the defensive side of the ball, and got a couple of guys on offense. Um, Man, their best running back quarter or Patterson. So um, take that. Will pick the Giants in this one? No, their best running back is Mike Davis. Quarterell Patterson had himself a game last week, uh, getting himself two touchdowns. But he's a wide receiver that's become a running back, and somehow is fantasy relevant. Yeah. Uh, after this is my point here, Pep. This is why the Falcons yeah. are losing. 
but but I do have you there. Mike Davis is still their best running back. Um, thoughts, monks? I yeah, I thought this might be a, a little bit of a speculator, but uh, obviously we both think the Giants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I guess to start with, Carl Pitts does seem to be filling that hole that Julio Jones left a little bit. Um, pretty productive um, lead, I guess, target for for Matty Ryan. But um, yeah, uh, like Sean said, their defense doesn't seem all up to scratch. Don't really have too many names there to to mention. Um, I yeah have gone the Giants as well. Um, they are favorites at dollar sixty three. Falcons are out at two dollars twenty eight. Um, we have a line of three and total match points of forty seven and a half. Avoid this game as much as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, that's big one. Uh, that's yeah. my thoughts on this one. It is. I suppose with the Falcons, were like up against Tampa Bay pretty hard start and Philly so so um if well, and they reckon Philly Philly's defense is pretty good so perhaps this is a chance for the Falcons to try and get get at a, a more susceptible defense mind you that that giant secondary is quite good uh with the likes of Bradbury and uh Jabril Peppers um but yeah look you wouldn't expect either of these teams to go deep uh in in the um, you know, later in the year, so I don't think we should spend much more time talking about it. Agree, agree. Mm, moving on. Nothing. I'll be looking at Mike Davis and comparing uh, Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson. They have about the same amount of yards, uh, but um, Patterson's got three touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> two touchdowns to Mike Davis is zero currently. So. It's two games. You you should compare the yards over ten years that Cordell Patterson's played to the two years that Mike Davis has played. And Mike Davis. Has... I'm just going over the recent <laughs> events. It's the not for long league, so. That's it. Actually, that, that, you that, that does remind me. I did. Who scores more touchdowns this year? Uh, not at all, because um, I don't want to. I don't really care about Falcons football. So let's move. Yeah, fair enough. I well, care I'll, about I'll, winning bets. So when <laughs> when anyone ever wants to get at me for that, I'll I'll get at you. But um, <laughs> we should move forward. Uh, an AFC North matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams are one and one. Uh, is Big Ben out? Have we got confirmation, or do we have to wait a little bit more to find out what's going on with Big Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah. He's got a bit of a pec injury. Um, they haven't announced whether he's going to play or not. Uh, the other one I just remembered as well, TJ Watt didn't play the rest of the game last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, groin injury. Uh, potentially going to play this week, but if he's your uh, million-dollar man at the moment, you may rest him uh, for a week. It's a bit hard to do in the NFL, but hey, you'd rather have him than not have him. Oh, yeah. uh, so that, that's, that would be two huge outs for the Steelers. Um Bengals, on the other hand, played a pretty close game against the Bears. Probably should have beat the Bears, considering where they're at. Um, Steelers, to me, are a better roster. This is a hard one, and it's probably going to be a close game of football. Mixon's been good for the Bengals. Steelers have got a good front seven. I'm going to lean towards the deal, the Steelers and the defense um, on that side, and I'm going to pick them. Yeah, I agree. I think the Steelers win this. I don't care if Mason Rudolph plays. Plays quarterback for him. I think I think I think this deal is a better on paper. I have been impressed with the Bengals. Uh, I think they're better than they were. Nice to see Joe Burrow operating Jamar Chase. 
Um, but I think the Steelers at Heinz Field are the better side here. Monks, your thoughts? Um, yep, I'm, I've got the Steelers as well. I am putting their defense back in on my starting lineup for fantasy um, after last week. Um, they are favorites, $1.57. Bengals are out at $2.42. We got a line of three, total match points of 43 and a half. They reckon low. Yeah. Moving forward to the last uh, early uh, game in the Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, is Carson Wentz confirmed out? Can one of you boys chase that up? Or do Again, we- I checked this. Yeah, not confirmed yet. He's dealing with the, the ankle, of course. Um, it's a bit tender and sore whether he mm. plays or not. He potentially- Wasn't it both ankles? Yeah. He yeah. rolled both ankles yeah. in that oh, one like- play. Yeah. He's got some bad ankles about him. Probably not going to matter because they're going to run into King Henry on the other side with Tennessee. Um, they Again, we're talking about squads. They are the better squad at the moment. The Colts did make the playoffs last year, but Wentz, they've kind of struggled offensively. They've got a good defense. This might be a defensive battle maybe a little bit here, uh, but I've picked the Titans. I think they've got more talent on the offensive side of the ball, and especially when you've got King Henry pounding the rock. Um, they're going to be in games. The Titans win this game and they win this division. Um, I think I spoke about it last week. The AFC South is a uh, under-the-radar shit division, I think, uh, this year. Uh, we, we saw what King Henry can do last week. Do you know how many times he touched the ball? 41. <laughs> 41 touches. I think he had 35 rushes and six receptions, 40-odd fantasy points. <laughs> Um, there's a reason why they call him the king. Uh, he's he's just different athletically. I think the Titans go two and one, and the Colts will be uh, in very deep water at 0-3 in this one. That's my thoughts. Yeah, Monks, tips and odds? Yeah. Um, so just on Henry real quick, he's already broken the two 2K mark for yards rushed. Um, it's a very strong start to the season. Um, Say that again. What what are you talking about? Two Ks rushing yards. Two hundred. Two thousand. He hasn't done two thousand yards this season. Wait. Oh, have I got the wrong stats? That's last. Don't year. mind me. That was last season. Are you oh, high? I talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Open up those eyes. It's week I've two. Had, I've had two drinks already. Yeah. So he rushed for. I was trying to work it out. Is it? That, yeah, that didn't even sound right when I was talking about it. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to work it out. Yeah, he's had 240 oh, yards geez. so far. Oh, numbers. Yeah. That, you know what that is? That's Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> but if I do a quick calculation, uh, he's averaging 120 a game. Yeah. Times yeah. that by 17 games. If he plays a full year, he's looking at 2,040 already. That's, that's what Monkey meant. That's what Monkey hmm. meant. He's, he's on, on track. He's on track. He's on track. Yeah. There we go. It's a simple um, uh, miscommunication. That's all that was. Yeah, that's it. I, it was just a lag over the internet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He had um, 70 odd yards with uh, receptions as well. So, Which is unusual for him, not normally known as a, a pass catcher coming out of the backfield. Um, boys. I think we all think Tennessee here. I'd be interested to know the odds. 
Well, yep. well, let me put it this way. He's already 10 receptions off equaling how many receptions he had last season. So there you go. He's got <laughs> so nine, 19 last year. 19, yeah. yeah. Not renowned as a, yeah. as a pass catcher. Never had over 20. Doesn't have so to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Titans are favorites leading into this matchup. $1.39. The Colts are out at $3 at the moment. We have a line of five and a half and total match points of 48. Yep. So we'll move into the late games then. Uh, we've got the Jets taking on the Broncos. Um, I'll talk about this really, really quick. Uh, Jets, of course, uh, Wilson threw four picks against the Patriots last week. The Broncos played what I would consider above-average game against the Jags. I would have thought they'd do more and put them away a bit easier. Luckily for the Broncos, they've faced three teams that are probably picking in the top ten next year to start the season. Um, should beat the Jets here before they get into the meaty part of their schedule with the Ravens in week four. Yeah. Broncos here for mind. Yeah, I agree 100%. Broncos should win this 3-0. and A great start to the season. I do worry about the Ravens next week and then having to play the Chiefs and Raiders twice after that. But uh, look, that AFC West is pretty stacked. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. Uh, but I'd be very surprised if anything other than a Denver win comes out of more high on the weekend. Yep. Mr. Monkey, tips or nods? Yep. Um, I've gone Denver as well. Um, where are the odds? Sorry. you got to watch out for this bloke. He's been smoking some fat ones, I reckon. I know, so, right? Yeah. Well, put, put in this. <laughs> uh, I think this was a stat. The Raiders and the Broncos are the only undefeated teams in the AFC uh, AFC left, so which is pretty mental can, after two weeks, but yeah, yeah, it just shows how close the league is. I think there was four teams on uh, two and zero in the NFC as well. So, uh, but none of the, none of none of which you would think uh, would have would have thought would be undefeated teams throughout the year or potentially gonna, could be. Um, well, three of those teams from the NFC are in the West. Yeah, which which is wild to think of, but um, yeah, the the Broncos and the Raiders both two and zero. Yeah, yeah, so Broncos are heavy favourites at a dollar fifteen at the moment. The Jets are out at five dollars fifty. We've got a line of ten and a half and total match points of forty one and a half. That moves us into Dolphins taking on the Raiders. Uh, Dolphins also coming off a loss, um, losing Tua. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Derek Carr was a bit banged up during the week as well, but from what I just checked before, all accounts he will play in this because um, the Raiders were potentially facing having their third quarterback uh, come out and play because Mariotto did his hamstring um, scoring more points than Aaron Rodgers in week one. So uh, it's it's interesting. I wanted to make a tip here, and there's a whole bunch of teams already we discussed with injured quarterbacks. Uh, Sean Watson is still floating around out there. The Dolphins were one of the teams potentially that would trade for him. Now that Tua is actually injured and going to be out for a little while, um, whether this re-kicks off this trade talk at all, because the league has said hasn't said anything about whether Watson can or can't play at the moment. Uh, potentially he could play, uh, so the team may get interested and. In, think, hey, let's make this trade happen. Maybe not, but I just thought I'd bring it up here. With Now with, I think, six or seven quarterbacks going down with injuries um, from last week, uh, the, it definitely regenerates that, that conversation that there's a potential top five quarterback sitting on the sidelines you could have for the right price. I don't know the ins and outs of this. I'd be very surprised if, if this happens. Um, 
you'd, you'd think uh, with the allegations against Deshaun, um, you'd, you'd want it to be cleared by by a court of law. But again, who knows? Uh, in terms of this game, uh, the Raiders have really surprised everyone going out there and and beating the Ravens and the Steelers, like two very uh, worthy uh, opponents. And uh, at home in Las Vegas here, you'd imagine against the Jacoby Brissett-led Miami Dolphins that they'd be heavily favoured, and that's why I have tipped them. You, anyone gone different? Uh, same here. Go on the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I've gone the Raiders as well. Um, the last time... I'm uh, Just going back to that 2-0 for both the Raiders and Broncos, last time Raiders went... Uh, 3-0, and uh, which I assume we all suspecting will happen this week, um, was in 2002, and they made it all the way through to the Super Bowl that year. Um, and who do they lose to that year? It's the only reason you brought this stat up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually saw this stat somewhere else. Um, didn't make the connection until I read the stat, but uh, or didn't pick it up until I read the stat. Um, but yeah, so Raiders are favourites leading into this matchup. A dollar forty-seven. The Dolphins are out at two dollars sixty-eight. Um, total line, sorry, line is four and a half, and total match points is forty-four and a half. Yeah. Next game, Seahawks taking on the Vikings. Uh, the Hawks got Henryed in overtime uh, loss to the Titans last week, as mentioned earlier, where the Vikings have gone down again uh, with another close battle, um, struggling to get off, uh, you know, put a W in the win column. Do I think they're going to do it against the Seahawks? Uh, probably not. I'm not so sure here, Sean. This is where I may go the upset. Uh, the, the Vikings... Are- have been a bee's dick away from being 2-0. and That's that's all that it is in the NFL. We talk about the product. We talk about how close uh, this league can be. I think at home, uh, I'm not really sure if there's much science behind this, uh, but but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it because you need to have a little bit of spice amongst the tips. I'm going the Vikes. I'm going the Vikes here, and uh, and both teams to be uh, probably not what what anyone expected at one and two. Mr. Monkey? Yeah. Um, I have gone the Seahawks. Um, so they are favourites $1.77. Uh, Vikings are out at $2.06, so pretty close. Um, the line reflects that at two and a half, and we've got total match points of 55. 55? Yeah. yeah. Well, very high-scoring. Yeah, won't mm. get near that. And that, to finish off uh, the late games on Sunday, we do have the Buccaneers taking on the Rams, and this could potentially be the game of the round. Uh, the the Buccaneers, as mentioned before, with Brady and Gronk, they're coming off a game where they fucked the Falcons. Um, the Rams had a close one against the Colts. Uh, have you know, I think they're a much better team of Stafford back there at, as their quarterback. What do we think about this game? Uh, interesting note here, the Rams are fourth favourite to win the Super Bowl currently on Sportsbet. Behind the Chiefs, Bucks, and Bills, that one really surprised me. Like I thought the Rams are good. I didn't know if they were fourth best in the league. Good. Um, yeah, very hard to pick this one. I think I'm going to go the Bucks. I'm going to go the Bucks going three and O. Oh. Uh, obviously, the Rams are much mm. better outfit with Matt Stafford under yeah. center. Um, been pretty impressed. Uh, with them on both sides of the ball. And Cooper Cup, I think, within uh, the first two weeks of the NFL, leads 
uh, the the league for uh, receiving uh, maybe fantasy points, but he's caught a bunch of touchdowns and a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, mm. The Bucks, on the other hand, they they share it round. Uh, Gronk has been doing old Gronk stuff. No AB this week, I think, was a shout too. Uh, Antonio Brown is out. Getting Scotty Miller, he will step up into that role. Um, AB's got COVID. He's got COVID. Well, he's on the COVID list. Oh, COVID list. Mm-hmm. But he's on the COVID list, so no, yeah. no AB this round. What about the resurgence of Rob Gronkowski? I've got him in another fantasy league, um, and one of those ones where you got to pay money. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned it to you boys before, where I think Travis Kelsey went for 50-odd dollars, and I bought Rob Gronkowski for $2, and he done very well for me. Shout out to Tom Padgett. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, got him in our league, but uh, <laughs> not much. Uh, That's it. I think the I think the Bucks go three and zero here. This is the only matchup of teams that are two and zero this weekend. Um, can't wait to, to to cop this one early Monday morning our time. Yeah, and I think it's going to be three bucks on this. Monks, do you want to give us some odds? Yep. Um, yes, this is one of the closest ones of the round, obviously. Uh, Bucks are favourites $1.81. Uh, the Rams are $2 at the moment. The line is one and a half. And we've got total match points of 55 and a half. Another high scorer. Yeah. Yep. Don't mind that. Uh, the, the Bucks are putting up some points, and Brady is putting up mm. ridiculous numbers, ridiculous numbers. But can't wait for that one. Has he got eight touchdowns through the start of the season? I think nine. Did it, is he gone four and five? One of you boys would be able to bring that up pretty quick, I would have imagined. He, he's been uh, yeah. fantasy one of the best quarterbacks getting around. Oh, my gut feeling is that he's got nine. Nine, nine yep. and two, two intercepts. He's got nine. Yep. To- and those two intercepts, one was a Hail Mary uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, which got picked mm. off before the half, and one was a tip ball off Leonard Fournette's hands. So essentially, he's um, you know he's accountable for zero interceptions. Yep, mm. unbelievable. So let's talk about your Packers uh, Sunday night football uh, to finish out the, the day Sunday day of football. Uh, Packers are taking on the 49ers. 49ers coming into this two and O. Oh, Packers one and one. Uh, Packers, as mentioned before, had that big second half to finally light their season um, after being very very slow. It took them six quarters to get on the same page, mm. but. Aaron Rodgers looked like Vincent Aaron Rodgers um, out there and got the win against the Lions. 49ers had a bit of a closer uh, battle against the Eagles for 17-11. That is one of the most random scores I think I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, yeah, very unusual. But we've got to talk about these 49ers running backs um, because they're all injured. Let's put it that way. I don't even (laughs) know they're all injured. They've Uh, been drinking the same water as the Ravens running backs. Um, the, the poor blokes, you hate to say it. Apparently, the good news is that not, none of it's too bad, none of it's season-ending uh, injuries there for, for the 49ers running backs. Uh, just going quickly back to the Packers, uh, very, very concerned after their first half against the D- Detroit Lions and then finally started to get a bit of momentum in the second half there. Uh, they came away winners. Um, I think the 49ers start favourites here, Monks, um, if you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind. I've gone the Packers, obviously, with my heart, uh, with with the with the Niners having no running backs. 
for that. 49ers defense is very good. This should be a close contest, uh, but I've gone the Packers. Yeah, I've also backed the Pack. I just think that offensively they've got more talent. I think defensively they probably struggled this year. You could probably say that. Yeah, they've been um, bad. Yeah, with bad. Eric Stokes. It's only taken him six quarters to take over Kevin King's job at long last. Uh, I think as Packers fans, you'd be very happy that that has happened. Uh, but it's, yeah, I, I think you just can't go past Aaron Rodgers. Betting against Aaron Rodgers is probably a bad idea generally. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and with that, I have also tipped the Packers. Oh, um, great person. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, um, San Fran, our favourites, are sitting at $1.56 at the moment. Packers are out at $2.44. Um, we have a line of three and total match points of 50 and a half. Not sure about the totals. Uh, two very proud franchises going at it. Uh, a few NFC Championship games between these two teams. Very fitting for Sunday night football. Rolling through to the last game of the round in Monday Night Football, another, well, a, a separate divisional rivalry, I should say, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Both are one and one. Uh, the, uh, the Eagles, they went down last week in that very unusual scoreline uh, we just spoke about against the Niners. Um, with, with Jalen Hurts looking very, very good with his legs, I must say, uh, I think he had about 80 yards on 10 carries for a touchdown. Uh, not quite getting it done with his arm, but the talent is there. And the Cowboys, they just pounded the rock against the Chargers. They just got home 20-17, to 17 winners there. Uh, they, they split it, actually, between Zeke and Tony Pollard. This is a big one because this division is right up in the air. Every game matters in the NFL, especially division uh, uh, rivals. Uh, I think I think the Cowboys get it done. I, I was talking about it a few weeks ago. I think I think they win this division. I think they're the best team in the NFC East. Uh, but but the Eagles have been quite surprising, boys. What do we think? Yeah, Cowboys Monday Night Football. Dak to throw fifty passes. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on this one. They they like to show up big <laughs> in showtime. Um, they're not going to pound the rock on Monday Night Football. <laughs> they're going to throw this all over the place. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be a quite different approach from from last week against Los Angeles. Um, and 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 that Eagles defense, you can't sleep on them. They're not that they're not that bad. But uh, in prime time, Jerry Jones will have them fired up. I think I think I think the Cowboys get the win here. What are the odds there, Monks? Is it is it close or are the Cowboys relative favourites? Um. I'd go relative favourites. So Cowboys are a dollar fifty-three at the moment. Eagles are out at two dollars fifty-two at the moment. Um, line is three and a half, and total match points is fifty-one and a half. It's a few points there, isn't it? Uh, mm. Not sure, not sure, but but uh, you'd think that that uh, the America's team uh, gets it done there. Yeah, I don't think Eagles yeah. will be enough dance partner to put up enough points, maybe to cover that fifty, com- like confidently. For sure. And with that, last year. Yeah, with that, that ends the (laughs) NFL uh, chat or the NFL hour for this week, uh, Mm -hmm. which means we need to go into the final round. And that means we kick off with the UFC. uh, UFC 266 coming up this weekend. The one main fight that we mentioned last week over the weekend Anthony Smith taking on the upstart Ryan Spain, uh, Mm. the the gatekeeper versus the new potential 
commodity. Gatekeeping for a win one here showed his uh, more talented uh, ability currently. Kind of show, you know, the levels to this shit, as they like to say. And Ryan Spain will have to go back and work his way back up. But it was a good, yeah. very convincing wing from Anthony Smith. Um, he dominated really throughout this. But let's talk about UFC 266. Um, do we want to go reverse order or start from the top of the main card? I'm going from the top. Uh Sometimes I like going reverse order, you know, you build up to the finale, but <laughs> we've waited so long, you know. I'm ready to climax as it is. I, I, I want to talk about it right now, boys. Let's talk That's about the it. old bulging dicks. That's right. Tim Payne, at Tim Payne, if you're listening, the, the disc is bulging. The disc is bulging. Um, we are talking, of course, about the main event, the featherweight matchup between our own Aussie Alexander Volkanovsky going against Brian Ortega. They've been doing the whole um, UFC Ultimate Fighter show uh, against each other, being each other, uh, you know, a coach of the, uh, respective teams. Boys, what do we reckon here? Yeah, but a really interesting one. Ortega um, really got stopped, stopped in his tracks by Max Holloway and kind of had to work his way back into it. But Volk... You know, had two really competitive, dominated fights against Max. Uh, and UFC maths never works, but uh, I really liked what, uh, you know, Alex Volkanovski is a champion that Jimmy fights out of as well. Um, a very impressive gym and got a couple of champions in there now. Um, so I, uh, I'm i going the Volk. i got to back this train. Can't, can't, can't go against him. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of bias for, for all of us, uh, Monk. So I imagine you probably <laughs> echo the same, the same sentiment. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, Ortega's no slouch. He's a great fighter. I just don't think I've seen him fight at championship belt level just yet. Um, Hasn't for a while. It probably goes. Yeah, like um, I guess the couple fights he had with Holloway sort of um, put him in his place in that regard, I guess. Um, Would like to hope that Volkanovski's had a good camp and hasn't really sort of slacked off. Um, underestimating Ortega in any way, but yeah. So, so to, give, to give you clarity on that, he lost to Holloway in 2018. He mm. had a decision victory over the Korean Zombie uh, last October, so in 2020, and that's the only fights he's had in the last three years. So, yeah, big task compared to the Volk, who I think fought at least four times in that time frame, if not more. Um, yeah. mm. We go to the co-main then, and we've got uh, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Lauren Murphy. Uh, if Amanda Nunes didn't exist, uh, Shevchenko is probably the, the best female UFC fighter um, in the world. Yeah. Uh, baby goat. She's, she's yeah. the baby goat. Yeah, definitely. And with that, I think she potentially smokes uh, Lauren Murphy in this one. Um, yeah, I imagine the odds reflect that. Uh, you know, hats off to Lauren Murphy for accepting this fight, uh, co-man event, going for a belt. But uh, I think Bullet uh, Shevchenko takes care of business here pretty comfortably. Monks, yeah. I, I yeah. imagine. Yeah, not, yeah I, I don't think that think they'd be too favourable, would they? Give us the last two. I think I skipped over Volk as well. Yeah. Oh, um I'll start with with this one because I went up in front of me. So Valentino Shevchenkov is at a dollar and five cents. <laughs> next. Um, yeah, next. <laughs> yeah. She is 
round one TKO, TKO um, method of victory at $4.50. Um, if I go back to Volkanovski, he is favourite at $1.53 with Ortega out at $2.38 at the moment. Um, method of victory there is a round one knockout to Volkanovski as well. Interesting. So then we go into probably the biggest and most talked about fight of this card, which probably does a bit of a disservice to the champions, but we're talking about the return of Nick Diaz. Um, it's been six years, I think, maybe longer. Um, uh, taking on Robbie Lawler in a rematch uh, from when they were both early 20s, now both late 30s, one being Diaz being 38 and Robbie Lawler being 39. Interesting enough, this fight has been moved from welterweight to middleweight on the request of Diaz. I uh, saw that today. Because uh, uh, they're probably both old, fat, you know, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. can't quite get down to the down to the weight. I was saying this to James, though. The Diaz is a marathon runner, you know, and he's yeah. they do triathlons in, for, in their spare time, and Robbie Lawler's always ripped. Very, but... fit, very fit human beings, I know. But I also know, as as uh, Father Time comes a, comes a clicking, Cut, cut uh, and break gets challenging. Yeah, it does. Especially 15 pounds in this regard. Um, it's massive. It, yeah. And there's been possibly a knock on the UFC compared to, say, boxing, where, um, you know, you have much more uh, or many more weight divisions. Every half pound. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't like that. I, I I like the UFC in that, you know, there's not a thousand divisions. Um, I, I think, you know, 10 to 15 pounds is, is fair enough. Uh, but saying two older guys going at it, uh, I don't know if, if it is the biggest fight on the card. Uh, it's you know. probably the most talked about is the way I want to say yeah. it. Yeah. The hardcore very much so. It's like Nick yeah. Diaz going back. There's the nostalgia uh, kind of element going, going about it here. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, Vulcan or Tega personally. Uh, in this fight... Big Robbie Lawler fan. Uh, he's been beat up his last few times, and who knows what we're going to see with Nick after a long time out of the octagon. Very hard to predict uh, how this might go. Uh, I'm going to go Robbie, ruthless Robbie, just on the fact that I like him, but who knows? Who knows? You've got nothing to go off uh, in terms of recent footage out of either of these guys. Um, so I'd be very interested to, to uh, see what you guys think and what the odds uh, reflect. Yeah, well, Lola coming off four consecutive losses, all yeah. of the killers, though, of course. Um, it'd be very, like you say, very interesting with the Rick, um, ring rust at all for Nick Diaz. Uh, potentially their first fight was a war, one of the best fights of all time. I would say this potentially could go that way as well. Uh I had to pick, I'm going to pick Robbie um, purely because uh, of the activity, uh, but I'd also say that it's yeah 20. I just looked up 2015, uh, no contest lost to Anderson yep. Silva when I, I think Anderson pissed hot for taking dick pills from Thailand. Um, <laughs> legit story. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Bolton. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> long time. Tim Payne. Tim Payne's been. <laughs> Don't drug test Tim Payne. He's got those bulging discs. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, medication mixed up. That's right. Yeah, this this one I think spoiler fans. It's more of a spectacle. Watch it than the actual result yeah. matters. Let's yeah. let's hope it goes longer than a couple of minutes. I think it's probably the main thing. 
Then we move into the heavyweight. Oh, do we get any odds? Give us some odds, Max. Want some odds? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Robbie Lawler is favourite, dollar fifty-seven. Nick Diaz is out at two dollars fifteen. Um, if we're looking at method and round combo, we've got Robbie Lawler, KO round one, five dollars um, as a hot favourite there. Okay. Very good. Thank you. So let me move into the heavyweight contest um, for Curtis Blaze taking on uh, Rosenstrike. Um, as mentioned, Peppy mentioned very, very early in the podcast. Suriname. Let's go yeah. Suriname. Um, I don't believe that was – which wish was the heavyweight fight that was meant to be for the uh, interim heavyweight championship? It's not this one, is it? That was, no, it had... it, no, it's not this one. It is um, – what's his name from France uh, that, that got it? Uh, Monks will help us out here. Nangano's got the belt, but there's a there's an interim title coming up. So Cyril Gain won the interim. Cyril Gain, that's right. That's yeah, that's yeah that was back in – that was the last UFC. Yeah, about a month. 265. Game one. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But these two, talking to these two, they're, I think, fourth and fifth currently in the rankings anyway, so they're there and thereabouts. Probably need a good bounce back. Uh, Blades, uh, well-known wrestler, and that's his method of victory. Um, Rosenstrike. Uh, more of it with striking and, um, you know, the bazooka's trying to get in a gunfight. Mm. Potentially he might be outmatched here with uh, Blades taking him down. Um, uh, who knows? Heavyweight division, he could go either way. Yeah, Let's looking see. forward to this one. Uh, you know, it, it's the, the fourth last fight, so people kind of underestimate it, but these are two legitimate heavyweights that are going to go at it. Uh, I think Curtis is, is quite short. Uh, here, here on the um, on the on the odds, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes either way. Uh, I won't I won't pick one way either way. But uh, heavyweights, whenever they're going to throw bombs, especially if they're if they're from the the hard jungles of Suriname, uh, you know what's out for them. I think I know Pepsi's pick based on that <laughs> solely. So there you go. Yeah, fuck it. I'll go Rosenstrike. <laughs> uh, who is fifth? Sixth and Blades is fourth, just to confirm their current rankings. Mark's odds? Yep. Um, yeah, so Blades is favourite, um, obviously reflecting those rankings, I suppose. Uh, he's at $1.28 at the moment. Rosenstrike is at $3.50. Very short, um, my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, when we're talking about heavyweights, it's a flip of a coin. It's a one-punch sort of deal, I guess. Um, speaking of the method round combo, the favourite or the, the shortest odds is actually Curse Blades KO um, yeah. in round one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Come... Big, big guys got some power. They can bang. Um, mm. I'd, I'd be surprised if this one goes a distance. So then we finish off the main card with the, the women uh, flyweight fight with Dreshika on Giants taking on Cynthia how do you say her last name? Calvillo. Calvillo. Uh, Andraj is the first female fighter with 20 UFC fights, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, I thought that too. Uh, I would have thought, you know, some of the bigger names, uh, like a Nunes or a Ronda Rousey, might have reached 20. But uh turns out it's uh, Jessica Andraj. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't. Uh, like her opponent's chances, though, when we start thinking about this, I think Andrade is going to go out here. There's just 
and we talked about this with Chef Tanko a minute ago, there's levels and they're just on a different level at the moment and um, going to come in here and probably get a win in this in this one. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 fights for Amanda Nunes in the UFC. There you go. So Andrade is five <laughs> ahead of her. I agree, Sean. I think she does this pretty easily. Mark, do the odds reflect reflect that? Yep. Yeah, they do. So Andrade is favourite at dollar thirty-one. Um, Cavino is out at two dollars, ah, uh, three dollars twenty-six at the moment. Sorry. Um, again, um, like pretty much all the other um, fights on the main event, um, Andrade is a round one KO favourite at seven dollars. That's yeah. not value, I'd say for Andrade. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. What's um, especially what, though that that um, being that shorter dollar thirty-one as well, I guess. Sure. What's um what's the go with Dan Hooker? He's on the undercard. Yeah, the Kiwi slash Australian, depending on, on how you want to claim. <laughs> um, uh, he's fighting on the undercard. Uh, there's actually some good names on the undercard. This is a pretty big big card in total. Uh, he did have some visa issues during the week though to be able to to fly into. I'm pretty sure it's in Vegas in Nevada um, to, to get into the US. Essentially, let's put it that way. Uh, but he, they got resolved. He will be able to make weight to. Saturday, I believe, um, for this to then fight on this card. Uh, but yeah, I think he's uh, got a good chance of rebounding against his current the opponent in this one. I've forgotten the name, um, but they weren't um, a high high ranked guy like some of the others had been that he has been fighting. So I'm looking for Dan Hawker to get a victory there. Mm. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting because I yeah I was looking at this during the week as well. So Dan Hooker's had a pretty interrupted fight camp, um, obviously with New Zealand having pretty strict COVID um, restrictions down there. Um, he was restricted to only I guess working out from home. Um, he has his own gym um, down at, down in uh, I think it's Auckland. Um, wasn't even allowed to train his own gym with no one else in the gym. Um, Apparently, people were calling the cops on him, on him, and yeah. yeah, they're basically saying like, if you if you keep on doing this sort of stuff, you're going to get arrested. So, um, don't know how much that's going to play into. Um, Monks, into this one, yeah. Let's move past that one before I. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many beers, deep. We don't want to bring up COVID. <laughs> oh, you bring it up after one, and, and that'll really get. Get more gear. Fucking intro, man. Like uh, <laughs> you're straight yeah. into it. Uh, yeah, let's move. Let's just let <laughs> through to the keeper. Tim yeah. Payne and his bulging disc. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of keepers, let's. I think that means we may need to move into the world of soccer or football. Uh, the EPL continues on. Uh, Ronaldo keeps scoring goals. He did get one against the Hammers. They did beat the West Ham 2-1. Uh, in some other matchups, Chelsea smoked the Spurs 3-0. Liverpool was 3-0 over Palace. City had a nil or draw with Southampton. Currently sit fifth on the table, which was a, a little bit interesting, I thought, when I looked at it. Love uh, seeing it. Love seeing it. Yeah. Oh, I hope they stay there all year. <laughs> um, of course, there's a three-way tie between United, Chelsea, and Liverpool um, ahead of them. Uh, and then they've got Brighton, who's snuck into fourth. Uh, perhaps I think he wrote this up for goals. So, yeah, go go the Seagulls. Uh, hopefully they're playing Champions League over that shit Manchester City club. That's uh, oil owned and can't even fill out crowds for uh, Champions League games. I'd yeah. love to see Brighton finish ahead of them. 
Yeah. And Marks and I were looking into this before. Brentford and Watford, two of the teams that came up into the division this year, both ahead of Arsenal. So I thought that was funny. Oh, you, like I said, you just feel sorry for this tiny little club. They're just trying to get their head above water. They're, they're red and white. They've got some gay Imagine little... Imagine they got relegated. Fuck me. They've got some gay little <laughs> cannon, you know, that they think that's cool. Uh, yeah, you just you just hope that they you know they might finish at gentlemen's fourteenth or something like that. <laughs> Currently, zip thirteenth on the ladder, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, to finish up, F1 news. There's a race on uh, this weekend. It's in Russia. Uh, Mazepin and Schumacher was probably the only news from the week. They've confirmed their positions at Haas for next season, so they will stay there. This race on the weekend's in Sochi. Uh, the weather report, not looking great. Looks like it's going to be heavy rain and there's already talk of a potential washout in that event, which will be disappointing, uh, especially considering they've moved out of uh, the middle period, east, you know, spot of Europe and are heading east um, before they then move down into the Middle Eastern countries uh, as well. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully it doesn't rain all weekend for the F1. And Monk... Um, and Peps, do you want to finish this off with golf? What's happening in the Ryder Cup? Well, just just going back uh, quickly to the F1. I know I'm very casual, but uh, the the Belgian Grand Prix didn't really, uh, you know, give give uh, ultimate um, racing conditions. You'd yeah. hate to see it again. You know, it was only two weeks ago that that we saw that torrential rain in Belgium. Season, it's crazy. Yeah, so hopefully Sochi, um, you know, comes up with with some better weather weather than that. Uh, but one of the one of the bigger competitions in golf coming up this weekend between the Europeans and the Americans. Uh, I'd love to know the odds. I think on paper they're quite evenly matched um, coming into in, into one of golf's bigger tournaments. I think. It's a subconscious thing, boys. I think a lot of people just get around the Europeans because they think, fuck you know, fuck American golfers. <laughs> we, we want to cheer for the underdogs, although they tend to be pretty good, and and just jump on the uh, European bandwagon. Monks, did you did you manage to find us some odds there? Um, I've, got the, I've also got the big teams. I, I can't say. Does it break down into pairings? Is that how it works? It's it's oh mate it's it's this it's uh it's nuclear physics it's um it's, it's, it's like one a big of, bash league final series yeah. mechanics big bash league finals um I understand okay uh COVID uh politics uh <laughs> regimes um it, it's it's right up there in um under the category of uh, things that no one understands. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are the odds then, Mr. Monkey? What have you got in front of you? Yeah, so speaking of understanding, I'm trying to figure this one out at the moment. Um, outright winner, um, we have got the US in front at $1.04. Europe is $3.25 at the moment. We've got a tie at $11. Um, outright bet with no draw um, is even shorter for the US at $1.35. They're going to have a draw. I think that maybe pertains to who retained it from last year. Um, it seems like the Americans are short. Oh, that's it. I'm putting my eggs in one basket. Go Europe. Let's go. It's <laughs> a bit of a shout. Because, yeah, having a look at some of the teams there and some of the names, like Brooks and Bryson, of course, both in. Very uh, big. You just team, yeah. like they're, they're big. big. You've got Spieth's in there. Like, 
Love me. Mac on the other side. Like they've both got talented teams. It'll just come down to. I love me some Jordan Spieth, but I, I can see some real tension brewing already between Brooks and Bryson. Um, maybe it was all media ham up, but I, I genuinely think those two blokes don't like each other very much. So we'll see what happens with Team USA. But one of the biggest competitions in golf. Can't wait to see it kick off. And, um, yeah, that that probably wraps us up for, for this week. Yes. Yes, it does. And that's, does. that's everything on the podcast. So... Thank you, as always, for listening. If you get this deep, I think we're over the three-hour mark. Um, of course, we do love your feedback and your comments, um, especially if they're about monkeys and moustache. Uh, mm. Thank you, boys, as always, <laughs> for coming out for the session. Have a good week of sport. Uh, grand final in the AFL on the weekend being the big one. We'll chat about all that and more next week on the podcast. Thanks again, and we'll chat soon. Yeah, loved it, boys. Always a pleasure, never a chore, um, especially when you, you know, get to smack 10 beers and, and, and talk some shit with uh, two of us mates. Uh, you can't your misses, otherwise you'll have to play in the NRL. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, can't can't oh, wait today. Um, IPL back underway and, and one of our favourite sports uh, in the NFL in uh, week three. So... I'll talk to you boys next week. Enjoy lockdown. It's not that bad, I don't think. Uh, you know, we still get to do this. So I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Yeah. No, thanks for it. Another good one. Yeah. Bye. Gotcha. Gotcha. Bye.